1: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a 5-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the B&G writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Hey, are
2: you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show mm mm-hmm.
3: Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by betonline.ag in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is season 5, episode 239. I'm your host Mark Allred alongside co-host Heather Ingerson Heather, what a do?
1: Hello. Happy Sunday, my friend. Just ready to record, excited to have a guest. So, yes. That's it. You yourself. You look happy. You look good. Happy Sunday.
3: Great mood. I had an unbelievable weekend. Had a blast talking on the Causeway Kings hockey podcast last night. Um, unbelievable program. We had Ryan Ellis. We had Kevin O'Keefe. We had the Beehive, Brett Howard on there, all Black and Gold Productions uh, colleagues. Um, uh, Merrill was there from the uh, Causeway King, and ob- obviously – the man, the Messiah himself, uh Benny Rabbi, who is the host of the Causeway Kings uh, Hockey Podcast. So, thanks to Benny for the invite last night. Tremendous! We, we talked for over two hours. Wait till you guys hear this this program because we went over everything, and there was a multiple multitude of opinions on that program. So, super excited to uh, to be on that last night.
1: Yeah, definitely. Everyone, listen. I was a little jealous. I had to miss it because I was at work, but.
3: Yeah, but then after that, we hung out. So we yeah, had a right. I had a drink out in the deck and a little extracurricular activity. And then we were planning actually planning our show today with our special guest. And we do have a very special guest today as black and gold hockey writer and host of the Puck Lions hockey podcast. Andrew Taverna joins us to talk everything off season Boston Bruins, particularly the week he spent covering the Boston Bruins development camp held at the Warrior Ice Arena for the last five days. So, uh, really excited to get his opinion about um, the the uh, who, who who really caught his eye, whether it be a Boston Bruins prospect or a camp invite,
1: especially the camp invites. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. That's what I'm like. Thank you to Andrew. Um, I don't remember someone had tweeted thank you too, but I just want to say out loud, thank you, Andrew, for going and. St- like, I didn't get to go. It's very weird that – it's very rare I don't get to go at least one day. So I'm glad that eyes in the building to really not I, just hear it from the other media but from people in our own camp's eyes.
3: I would have been there, but it's just the way that development camp landed this year, as I said on the last hockey podcast last weekend. It's just – it happened in August, and I'm usually – I uh, planned my vacation time around late June, early July when these events happen at the Warrior Ice Arena. And we, we were unfortunate we didn't get media credentials this year because of protocols and, and communication that just didn't really work out very well between uh, who can be in the building, who can't and, and you know, the interviews and so on. But the interviews were done by Zoom, so it's a little complicated when that happens. But hopefully next year, we you know, full normalcy, we get back into talking to players again. And uh, but I do want to thank Andrew for his time. Um, speaking of thanks, I do want to give a quick shout out to my friend and Amesbury resident, also former Amesbury firefighter. Thank you for your service. Mr. Glenn Fournier. He's the one that put these uh, cornhole boards together. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but I couldn't get the picture up. Well, finally, I got the picture up. So this is the a, a tremendous job by uh, by Glenn. And he does these all the time. They're all custom made and so on. They're very they're relatively inexpensive but they they're awesome i we've been using them every nice day and, and and it's few and far between in new england these days to have a nice day so uh when it is nice out it's good to have me and courtney out there playing on these boards so huge shout out to glenn um for these custom boards uh, tremendous job and um if you want to uh get you know if you want to get your own set you can always reach out to me at black and gold productions llc at gmail.com and i'll gravitate you to the way to talk to glenn to get your own boards done before we get into the hockey talk with our friend andrew i do want to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline.ag get all the latest news odds and information on all your sporting needs including major league baseball pga golf and all your ufc and mma action Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next baseball pitch or the next 50-foot putt for an eagle, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's C L N S50 to receive that welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sports book expert. All right. Let's let's rock this shit.
1: It's
0: time. We have,
3: like I said, we have a special guest and is uh, we're gonna talk about it's just basically an, uh, a roundtable kind of discussion, but we do want to gravitate to his uh, participation at the uh, Warrior Ice Arena for this year's uh, week-long development camp. and um, And you can follow Andrew at Andrew Taverna on Twitter, and please uh, subscribe to the Puck Lines podcast, uh, a tremendous show that he does with Connor Green. Those two really kill it, and uh, I look forward to the next the next episode because. I think there's going to be some uh, uh, rumble in the jungle, a little bit of rumble. And I like that. I like the saucy stuff, but let's stop talking and get our featured guest in. Here. What do you think, Eva?
1: I think it's a good idea. The poor guy sitting around like, geez, you thought Inga could talk. Just get. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. We're uh, welcoming in Mr. Andrew Taverna. Andrew, what's up, bud?
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, not too much. I'm, I'm looking forward to having this discussion. You just got me a little amped up with the, uh, BetOnline.ag talk. Uh, as you know, Mark, I can, I can enjoy myself every once in a while with a little bit of betting. So uh, you've got me over here placing wagers on the side. So I will stop doing that so I can. Pay attention, but I maybe just placed a couple of bets myself.
3: If you were a betting man, Andrew, you should have bet on that ad read because that was the best one I have ever did. I, that, <laughs> hey, that got me all <laughs> amped up.
1: I, I wasn't gonna say anything, but that was pretty smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: love it. I love it. Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon sh- shenanigans. But we are here to talk about the Boston Bruins. So, Heather, um, we didn't, we're did not we not going to do the pop-ups. I didn't load any questions or anything like that up to StreamYard. But we're just going to go on our regular pace with Heather uh, leading the way because she has a list of the topics that we're going to discuss and some of the topics that Andrew even provided that we're going to uh, get into. So where, where are we going with this, Heather?
1: All right. Before we start, uh, just – Inundating Andrew with questions about training camp or what you will. I well, development camp. I'm sorry. Don't let me get ahead of myself. We haven't got to actual training camp yet. I thought we'd start with, you know, Tuca always has to start a controversy. Do goes to a GNR concert in Fenway and like, psh, like craziness. Um I just thought it was funny to see Tuca. He seems all right. He was up on his crutches at the concert, having a good time. What did you guys think about that? And were you surprised that half of hockey Twitter went nutso because Tuca was not, I don't know what he was supposed to be doing in August or whatever, but.
0: <laughs> the the big thing was, was he alone? Like the picture he he was, that somebody took, he looked so lonely. Like <laughs> he looked like he was standing there alone on his crutches, like nobody loved him. Like, what what was the deal with that?
1: Yeah, that is yeah. true too like i didn't see a wife or anyone like around him right <laughs> like he didn't have Not friends he didn't
0: like he's just standing there alone on crutches like did anybody at least wheel the dude into the building or like <laughs> did he have to hobble all the way there like
3: special two-wheel <laughs> access for two Rask. you know what's even funnier is like uh the people that have completely lost their shit when they saw that like like what the what is the guy supposed to do? He just had surgery and so on. But if you want to get amped up and, and, and full of rage and on Bruin's Twitter, like get amped up if you see him with crutches crowd surfing. Now yes, that's a concern. Yes. But yes. just standing off to the side and minding his own business at a at a concert, let's find something else to freaking, you know, gravitate your hate to, man. It's just oh, it's so easy these days. It's sad. It
1: seems yeah, well, I mean to really turn their back on Tuka. I am so. I was gonna say it's too esque We we have. I mean, we have
0: to hate him, right? Uh, by the way, the answer is no. Yes. Stop being exactly. an asshat and stop <laughs> hating him because he has done nothing to you. But be good. So,
3: right. So. Franchise records, all the stats, just minus that Stanley Cup as a starter.
0: As and a starter, okay. though, yeah. I love love giving it back to people who tell me that he's never won a Stanley Cup because I know he was the backup, but it doesn't matter. He still is yeah. won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I always
1: say. That's funny. His sorry, name's on it, yours say. isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always say, Oh, sorry, not his fault that Timmy was on fire and he didn't have to step in. There was a time we thought Tuka might have to, but he didn't. But you still earned it nonetheless, dude. You're part of the team. But uh yeah, I just thought it was funny. Also I don't know what I expected if Tuca was in town, he'd be at the GNR concert. So I personally wasn't shocked. But like you said, I was a little shocked. He didn't seem to even, like, I didn't see his wife or, like, anyone. Just Tuca standing there long, longingly staring at Axel Rose or whatever. <laughs> just, I can't. All right, so that was a light one. And the other one was uh, on Monday or whatever, I woke up to the weirdest video from the Czech Republic about David Krejci signing um, in the extra lugar. And for anybody who didn't see it, Google it, okay? So, apparently, uh, Krejci is check for tailor or something. I don't know. And there was this awesomely weird video of this guy trying to get a suit tailored and then only to go into awesome Krejci clips, which, of course, always makes my heart happy. Yeah. And so, anyways, he's always had a bear on his jersey of some sort. You know, he's a Bruin. But now, apparently, he's a cock, a rooster. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, one year, three million. What do you think, boys? Did you see the video? Because it was very funny. I had to watch it a couple of times. I'm like, why am I watching
3: I came out. I came out with the awesome tweet. I think it was just me, but I'm not sure about If I can, I'd pat myself on the back for that tweet. But I said, Kraychie has been known to thread the needle.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you know, I believe I took away your Twitter privileges for that tweet. Um- <laughs> He's such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, come on. No, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm happy he's, he's headed back to the Czech Republic. It sounds like that's really what he wanted to do. He wanted to be able to play in front of his family and friends. I think for the contract he signed, it really sucks he's not a Bruin this year because that would really like to be that kind of final hurrah that I would think. I wrote an article that said that he has retired from the NHL. I subsequently changed the article title. But i don't take it back so screw all of you who are trying to get up (laughs) in my grill about it come at me on twitter i will come right back at you that man regardless of what don sweeney is doing to play with your little brains is not coming back but that's just my opinion
1: we'll talk about that later on specifically but um my thing is like okay semantics i too also thought to myself he didn't technically retire But he obviously isn't playing. And the amount of like craziness of, like, you said retirement that came at you. I was like, oh, my God. I'm someone who loves words. But I think we might be being a little anal retental right now. (laughs) Like, let it go, dude. Like, for all intents and purposes, he's retired. At his age, we don't know. He could be back. He could not be back. But we'll talk about that one a little later. But That was just a hilarious video. And I'm glad he's got a home uh, in extra Lego, whatever in the Czech yep. Republic at home. All right, Andrew, it's time. This is the, this is the nitty gritty of the really only topic topic we have this week. Cause we're just having a fun one here with you this week, but we need you to spill it all on the development camp. What did you see? Who impressed you? Who are my next defensemen? I think I'm in love with Mason Lori Can you just, I don't know, Mark probably has more specific questions because you know him. He loves the young kids and what they're doing. But for me, just kind of a general, you have the floor, my friend, if Mark doesn't mind yielding to have your moment to talk about it.
3: Absolutely not. Go right ahead, Andrew.
0: Yeah, so I think um, just from my general impression, I anticipated going going there and thinking that folks were going to start off a little slow, right? I mean, a lot of these guys, because of COVID, haven't been able to be on the ice or have had limited ice time, limited time in the gym. And I mean, they started Monday morning off at I think it was 7.30 a.m. with Marshan leading a bike ride, right? Like, so they hit the ground running. So I give a lot of credit actually to the Bruins development staff. And I know I always kind of pump their tires. I'm obviously a big fan of their development team and their strength and conditioning coaching and those types of things. But I was really impressed by the pace that they started the camp with. I think the people that stood out to me in both the forward and the defensive group were the folks that were all effort all the time, right? You could tell there were some folks there that, yeah, they were giving it hundred percent effort, but like, you know, they'd be coming out one minute before you took the ice Right, like, And they'd sit on the bench and then they'd immediately be out there. You had some guys. I mean, they had these little, I've got to guess, eight or maybe 10-year-olds out there with iPads skating around, like taking speeds and stuff as some advanced camp. By the way, more advanced than what the Bruins did uh, prior to the Bruins coming out. And you had some players out there uh, like Ben Myers, who was sitting literally on the bench for the last 15 minutes of their session, just waiting to go. Right. Like he was there, he was focused, he was dressed, he was right. So like folks that were out there early, ready to go engaged were kind of the ones that ended up impressing me the most. I don't think that's by coincidence. Uh, Mason, Laura and Brady Lyle, they looked amazing. The whole camp from day one, all the way to the last day in the five V five scrimmaging, they just were on it engaged. I'm really excited about Laura. Like you said, I think that with time, and his body filling out a little bit more, he's going to be a really exciting uh, player to watch. Um, I was really amped on Ben Myers, and I don't know why. Like, There wasn't anything specific, I don't think. I mean, just the way he kept his head up, the way he moved, the way he was engaged at all times, those are the things I look for in a development camp. But that's kind of my my main breakdown and my main highlights.
3: Yeah, Ben Myers is, uh, was a camp invite too, um, yeah. which is interesting. So, I mean these these camp invites are important because you not only you fill out the roster for the scrimmage at the end of the week and so on, um, but it's also an opportunity for management to like get a free evaluation of somebody that could be looking for a contract later on. And I'm not sure wh- where Ben Myers is going to be playing next season if he's committed to a Canadian junior team or. Uh, um a college program but uh just to have these guys in there for future um you know you never know uh, i i remember mason jobs was a was a camp invite back in the day and everybody was like we need to sign this guy and oliver uh galpolo uh, which basically uh didn't want to sign with the Montreal canadians and came down to development camp and then the Bruins were interested in him so there's there are similarities to these guys making appearances, but it's it's basically a free evaluation for future future serviceability, either in the AHL or the NHL.
0: Yeah, I mean, so Ben Myers specifically, right? He's in the NCAA right now. Um, he played for the University of Minnesota. I'm trying to pull this off the top of my head. I just wrote an article, so if you're looking for actual facts, that's probably a better place to reference than my my head. But I do remember he had 28 points in 31 games. So, I mean, he was he was productive on top of the fact that in development camp, not only did he have quick hand-eye coordination, he had his head up the whole time, but he had a release. Like, that kids got a shot. And that was something I found really interesting because you had some decent goaltending at development camp, and I won't pretend to know as much about any of them as you do, Mark, right? Like, that's your sweet spot. But, I mean... There there was no slouch in terms of goaltending. Like, their goaltending looked pretty good for a development camp.
1: Yeah, I actually was wondering, was there anyone that you were a little disappointed in, whether it be on ice or just like those things you said about, you know, I agree with you. When people are on the ice five minutes, 10 minutes ahead of time, that shows kind of a different kind of drive and preparedness, I think. And that's not a judgment. I mean, there can be players who are perfectly fine walking on one minute, but to me, it just seems like it doesn't show the most motivation. Anybody that you are kind of disappointed in.
0: This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but uh, Johnny Beecher. I know that I know he had a no contact Jersey on. And so he wasn't going to be involved in a lot of those, you know, corner drills and things like that. But one of the things that bothered me a little bit was he'd come out right at the start of something. He'd hang around afterwards. Like, so he wasn't the first off the ice, but he also wasn't doing anything, right? There was a lot of standing still. Like, if you're going to be on the ice, skate around with the practice stick handling, do something, don't just kind of stand there. That said, as much as that disappointed me a little bit, his physical ability for a guy coming off of a major procedure, mm-hmm. he looked really strong. So, I mean, that's that's the good news. I guess just for me, I was kind of expecting him to be my big camp standout, even with the injury. And he wasn't the standout as much as
3: I thought he should be. He did what he needed to do, I guess, is the way I kind of feel about it yeah andrew wait to wait till he mends a little bit more on that shoulder there was definitely a reason why he had that uh the red jersey no contact but i mean get the big 10 network big guy and watch michigan next year because he's going back to school he said it after development camp or during development camp that he's committed to going back for another year and why not honest to god if you if you're an american kid and you have a 98% chance of winning a national championship. I know that's a little exaggerated numbers, folks, but still, because Not of the – No, sport. I know, I know, but, <laughs> but the, the class that's going back, first-round pick Owen Power, second-round pick Bernier, and um and, and Beecher and 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 there was five people five players out of Michigan that were taken in the draft. If those guys are going back, those chances of, of getting a national championship are that much better. And and contrary to the rumors that Beecher was gonna sign pro, that is not happening. He's gonna go back one more year, his junior year, and then if 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 he wins a championship, sign pro. I, I suggest play one full season in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins and then, you know, fit his way into either a left wing role or up the middle. I know Mel Pearson has uh, used him at Michigan on the left side, whether it be on the advice of Don Sweeney and some scouting reports and so on. Uh, but, you know, he's another versatile winger that's just going to get bigger, like, like you said, Andrew. I mean, his size and his, uh, his physicality is going to fill out more once that shoulder heals up to hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that, that's what it was. Right. I mean, obviously he still has more rehab to do. He's still, but that's almost what drove me a little crazy, right? Like if you have that rehab to do, if you're still not a hundred percent, get your ass out there. Right. And like, do the little things you can do, especially if you're not going to be in the contact drills and you're not going to be, you know, I, I will say, he was out there picking up pucks and stuff a couple of times. Like he was trying to be involved. I guess it's just somebody that I had a higher expectation for going in. The person I was maybe most excited to go see didn't make my top performer list, which was just slightly disappointing for me.
1: Cool. You know, how I feel, I think that you should always finish college if you can. Like, I understand you might be total, but, like, really, what are you waiting around to finish growing or to play in the AHL when sometimes, like you said, if you're on a powerhouse, it's better to just go back and try to win your national championship or whatever. Get a little bigger, a little stronger, you know, make yourself even a little more rounded. Be
0: be careful. I I tweeted something about somebody staying in school the other day, and I thought, you know, Twitter was going to come burn my house down. Like, did you? Did you? did you get the jimmy vc people freaking attacking you yeah like i was like you know a lot of these kids in the ncaa have gotten to a point where they want to finish school right if they're a junior they might as well go finish their senior year and get the education and oh my you'd think i suggested that they went out and murdered somebody like oh i'm sorry is them getting an education for a career that might only last seven or ten years like is that a bad thing to you and they're like well Playing while they're in perfect shape is more important than the education. Well, I'm glad you don't make their decisions for them because
1: that's. (laughs) I actually had that with, I'm indifferent to Ryan Donato, but I was like, this is stupid. He should go finish his degree at Harvard one more. Like, you're not so significant. Like, you were flashy, but like, you're young. Like, what do you mean? Like. You, what's going to happen if you start your pro career at 22 instead of 21? What's really going to happen besides you have a college degree? Now, that's for most players. Yes, there are obviously players that should not, you know, like they college was the stepping stone to because they always wanted to play at that school, but then realized in the course of their path that they could go in, you know, and kind of just play, but that it really is few and far between. You're just going to get probably in the AHL anyways, if you're lucky, you know, getting some real looks, but most of you are not walking in the NHL. Sometimes, like you said, it's better to go back and just, yeah, education is bad. I I feel like that's a first world problem. Only in a first world country can you be (laughs) mad to get educated. Other people are in like huts with used books yeah. So grateful they can read and write, and Americans are like, well, you know, I mean, I'm gonna be a professional, whatever. Like, you know, at least give them an avenue to continue to do it. Like Zidane right. got a million degrees while he was doing, you know. Like, there's a way, but like, don't push them either. Let them but decide. Stay a lot out. of
3: the a lot of the narrative about NCAA players is if they want to stay their full the full boat of their scholarship, there is that slight chance you know like Blake Wheeler and so on and blah 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 that they don't sign with the team that drafts them that's why players i mean and fans want to get shit done like an nh or an nhl or two-way deal done prior in the after the junior season because it's got that that comfort level like oh, we're going to have this guy into the prospect pool and we can men- work with him and and grow with him and so on and not pull the Jimmy VC that which i thought was pretty scummy I, you're making be, me
1: feel uncomfortable every no, time. No, no, seriously, in
3: BC. <laughs> I know. But to, to be totally honest with you, have a commitment from when you're drafted, and then go the process of four years, having the Nashville Predators come to your college, check out your games, scout you, fly all around to see you, fly around to work with you, make sure your nutrition's good, make sure your 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 weight training is on tap for a professional, and then the final day to say. I don't want to sign with you. I just didn't like that, and I think that put a bad taste in a lot of hockey fans' minds when it comes to high-profile prospects like that. But guess what? Look what happened to Jimmy Vc. That guy plummeted right down the freaking toilet in his career right now. Not, I mean, he, he's much better doing what he's doing than I am right now, sitting here talking with him, two of my best <laughs> friends. But you know, it's just, it's such a gamble. That's the biggest thing is it's a gamble. And, and, and Andrew, you're the big uh, degenerate of the, uh, on the, on the team. So, you know, all about it.
0: Yeah. And, and that's it, right? Like, yes, it's a gamble. And that's why I say, if the student wants to stay in school another year and get their damn degree, who the hell knows what's going to happen in the NHL? I mean, they could get out there, tear an ACL and be done for the rest of their career. Like, you don't know what's going to happen when you step onto that ice. So like, if you want to do that path, I respect you wanting to take that path. That said, of course, I want to see my prospects play, right? I mean, that's why I go and I spend a week at development camp or you watch the Providence Bruins, right? Like, you want to see who's coming. So I get both sides of it. I think if you're going to come at me on Twitter and tell me that people should get not get their education because you want to see them play stick and puck, like, well, yeah. pound sand, because I don't really care what you
1: want. <laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I mean, in the end, you have to be a healthy, well-rounded human being, an adult or whatever. That's the best <laughs> course, don't you know?
3: tell Twitter that. Yeah. Jesus well, Christ. And,
1: and there's a chance you can sign all you want with a team because they love you. And then you get buried for six freaking years in the AHL when really you could have just been buried there for five and still had your college degree from your Big name school, a lot die. You know what I mean? Like. I don't or you
0: know. could be Bjork and end up in Buffalo. Poor guy. Poor guy. That's true. I
1: know. Well, it happens Sorry. to the best of them. Also, that's it's like when people say first round draft picks. Do you know how many first round draft picks have ended up somewhere just to have their NHL dreams die? Like that doesn't. Mm. Like it's always strange. To me Zach Camel. <laughs> Jordan
3: Curran. <laughs>
1: Nick Richie. <laughs> One of the first
3: round pick. people
1: like that no and like you might have still have a career he's young you might know but you've just listed some examples that we know have established did not work so well. you know like I'm just saying like not all first round draft picks are the same like there's a difference between Sidney Crosby and um Cameron like you said I can't I'm stunned you even brought it up I can't um <laughs> All right. So, do you have anything else that you would like to add? I just, development camp, it's one of those things I, you got to kind of be there too. Mark, yeah, that's what I need. I, I, I right actually
3: right? wanted to talk to, uh, to Andrew about the goaltending. Um, Kyle Kaiser, I, I, I know that you were impressed with uh, throughout the week. Uh, we saw a lot of video pro, uh, provided by the Boston Bruins.com and the Twitter account uh zachary stedge call i'm not sure he's a cap camp invite but the other camp invite that i wrote an article about was keith Petrozelli, and he was a um i just said that a camp invite um out of quinnipiac did not want to sign with detroit invited to the boston bruins uh development camp which i thought was a good auditioning point for him to possibly get like a um a uh, an AHL contract with with Providence and possibly place him in the East Coast Hockey League with the Maine Mariners and kind of add to that goaltending depth as a young player and growing and developing and so on. But um, I'm, I'm, I was quite surprised that they gave a two way deal to Callum Booth, who was with the team uh, as of last year to be that third fourth goaltender because they um in the COVID times, you can carry three goaltenders. So an additional one needed to be uh, had. Plus you can expose Callum Booth for the uh, Seattle expansion draft. But I'm curious on your take, did he have a really good camp or was it that bad that the Boston Bruins saw something that they didn't want to take a chance on and signed Booth instead? So
0: I think he had a decent camp. I don't think, I don't think he had a standout camp and here's why he went through periods of time where he looked like he was going to stand on his head and be able to save anything that came at him. And, and, he's a big boy, right? So like he fills out the net, like there shouldn't need to be a whole lot of movement. And, and Mark, you know how I feel already about movement and goaltenders, right? Like one of the first things I want to see work out of your game is those extra moves that open those holes. He had a lot of that when the pressure started to actually mount. You come at him one-on-one facing a shot, he'll be positionally sound. If you start to move around anything where it was like tips in front of the net, scrambles, things like that, he just had a lot of that motion that I think probably opened up more than they were looking for. That said, still a little surprised they went to Booth Road because that, that just doesn't add up for me. I don't know why that's the case. I think you could take either of the guys that were invitees, right, because they're not actually in the Bruins' prospect system. I think you could have signed either of them and maybe been in, in similar shape. Yeah,
3: and and, and the, the door's not closed on Keith. I know he's being invited to another development camp as we speak, so whether he signs a, a, a minor pro deal with them or not, but the Boston Bruins can definitely come in and, and keep those options open for that good goaltending depth and have him work with um, Bob Senza or even better uh, Mike Dunham that does do the traveling for the for the team when it comes to development in the crease. So um, I, I like Keith. He's, I mean, obviously I like him because he's a Wilbraham, Massachusetts native. You know, went to QU, had a good year there. I think he's got some really good skills, but it remains to be seen where he fits in that whole developing depth and where we want to go with that. Also, the timing is is – Speculant, too. Obviously, you, we don't know what's going to happen with Zuka um, So, with the loss of him, you get all Ol, uh, Olmark in, in the folds, uh, Swayman as his backup, and then uh, Troy Grosnick at the AHL level working with Kaiser, and uh, Callum Booth is obviously, I think, going to be with Maine. It leaves another spot in Maine. So, you know, it remains to be seen. I, I'd like to see Keith in that role in the East Coast Hockey League level, kind of work his way up, you know, it, it put the stake in front of the wolf and see how much he works, you know. But um, it remains to be seen what happens. But I don't think the door's closed on him because if he doesn't sign anywhere else by at least September, it could be an opportunity. He goes to Maine and uh, works with a uh, new head coach, um, uh, Ben Gite
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Maine, right? Like, I think that's the right spot for him. I think he definitely beats out. Stechko, I believe is how you say his name. I'm not actually positive on that, so don't only do it. Um, Stechko got small on me a lot, right? Like he just he's one of those goaltenders that instead of coming out and getting big, just kind of cowers back in, and there's nothing that drives me more insane than that. So like I would definitely give it to him over, you know, Stechko, but I I think you're gonna see one more signing. It might be him, it might be somebody else. I'm still a little put back by the booth signing. I don't know why, like I don't have a good, you know, legitimately knowledgeable reason. Just maybe not what I would have done, especially with, oh man, I'm going to get some real enemies from this podcast. I don't see Rask coming back. Like I just, I, I don't see it. You let Chara walk. You let Krug go and sign somewhere. Like you aren't afraid to let people walk Don Sweeney.
3: So why are you? How the? How long ago did I say this? Yep.
1: Yeah. Not long ago at all. I, I I just
3: I see the writing on the wall that this organization respects what he did in his fourteen years, respects all the accolades um in the stat uh, categories and 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 league numbers and so on. But oh, I, I don't know if they're prepared for that cap hit. Obviously, they're not with one point eight million on the books right now. And I don't like the idea. I said this on the Causeway Kings podcast last night, guys. I said that. It's not a good idea to have Olmark and Swayman as your tandem. And if they're league busters and you're going on to Jennings and and Vizina uh, caliber goaltending out of this tandem, what do you do in February and March when Tuka's seemingly healthy? Those are the air quotes right there for the audio listeners. Seemingly healthy that you're going to bump out a kid that could be having a career year in his technical still rookie season and dropping down to the ahl to bring in ras for a month and prepare for the playoffs and And nobody
0: future of the future of your franchise that's the thing we need to remember about swayman if you're gonna put him into this position you didn't just sign another goalie for four years to bring him up to where he needs to be at the nhl level to go bump him back to the ahl for a guy who's coming
3: off a major
0: surgery if it's warranted
3: If it's warranted for Swayman to go down and continue development, that's a totally different story. But when if he's on a high, that really doesn't. I mean, I've never played at the professional level, so I don't know what it takes, what what it's like to be knocked down a peg for a guy that's a little better. You know what I'm saying? I'm a beer leaguer that happens every freaking game. Right. And I mean,
0: I can't be trusted with my takes on Swayman because I think I'm in love. So
1: I it's said really- last week you don't sign a $5.5 5 million backup goalie. No. Not a goalie that's supposed to be a starter
3: in this league. So
1: yeah. that's kind of uh
3: And people hate that. They? They, they hate the idea that Allmark is going to be the 1A, Swayman the 1B. And they're like, well, no, it's not the way it goes. we we'll Sway- t- we'll
1: about that later too. Okay. That's. Definitely on there to talk more in depth about like what to do about the Swayman Allmark. But as for Tuca, to stay on that, I don't think Tuca, at least, especially not this year. And I don't see unless Allmark sucks really badly or whatever, and you sign him as Swayman's backup for 2022. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least, like, you have someone, he's a trade ship, you have him under, you know, we very rarely have people sign for the term that helps us protect our picks in the draft and stuff like that, like, you know, assets. And for, if for, sorry, for,
3: and for long time, and for long time listeners and new listeners that might just join us today, because Andrew's, like, so awesome that he brings in, like, a whole crew of, of awesomeness. You know, we're not Tuka haters. We were, we were, I've been support, we've been supporters for years. But it's just maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to move on to something fresh, something different. Um, I mean, the team has seemingly been reconstructed from the bottom six down. So let's 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 you know keep that um, mix going and find ways to win. And if this is the way to win, I'd rather have my pennies or my wager at BetOnline.ag, by the way, uh, to go to to go to two healthy goaltenders right now to start your season. And and I'm sorry, I just don't think it would be right that a goaltender that just because he has franchise numbers and league highs and blah, 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 gets the free pass to come in and just play a month and then skate right into the playoffs. So,
1: Well, we're going to talk about breaking down different things about what might be going forward with this team in a little more detail. But one of the things, because Cassidy and Sweeney, some of the stuff is just cause they had their pressers or whatever. And just things that make you think. Uh, but one of those things is that Cassidy says that Charlie Coyle is the obvious choice for second line center. And uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not like, I, I'm in love with Bruce Cassidy, but I think he's a good coach and I support my coach and my team. Like that's what my whole thing was with people with Nick Ritchie is you can not like everybody on your team and still support your team. That's asinine. It's the dumbest argument in a team sport I've ever heard in my life. But Says Charlie Coyle, and he kind of was going on like because the most familiar and whatever. And Kelsey seemed a little bit to me this was just my observation that a little bit like a coach that now has too many players that he's not familiar enough with. And he's not, you know, now he has too many options. And he just kind of had that look about him, but he was very kind of well, Charlie Coyle is the obvious choice for second line center. So, that being said do you guys think Charlie Coyle? I mean, obviously Charlie Coyle is the obvious choice, but let's talk about the second line center situation for a minute is I like, guess what I'm going with Andrew. You want to any thoughts on, Like, but did you, I don't know, just Bruce to me seemed like he now seems like he's got a lot of players. Some of them, he may not even want to see Like, geez, man. I don't know. I'm already, I haven't even said bye to David Crazy <laughs> yet. You know, leave me alone. <laughs> Go
0: ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a, the timing is tough, right? Cause these guys have a presser and the middle of their off season, right? I mean, I'm sure they don't want to be talking to the media right now. This is not an ideal situation for them because of development camp following falling where it is. They're kind of talking to you at an awkward time because, in theory, they're not done with trades. They don't have to be done with moves. Things slow down a little bit after the draft and things start to settle and teams figure out who they have, and then they go back to making more moves. Mm-hmm. I hope like hell. Don Sweeney is not done. That's just my personal opinion. That said, Charlie Coyle is the obvious choice. If he was really playing on one leg last year, then I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that we can see the previous Charlie Coyle back. I know I've made my comments about his contract in the past. With his contract, you almost need him to be the second line center if you're going to pay him that kind of money. Um, and so I hope it works out as a Bruins fan from the bottom of my heart. I hope it works out. Frickin terrifies me as a Bruins (laughs) fan as well. Like I just, (laughs) it does not leave me with the confidence I would hope to have at my second line center position, especially when I'm leaving behind David Krejci as the guy that's the spot he's filling. He is not David freaking Krejci, like in any capacity. And again, I, I like Charlie Coyle. I you know, he's a classic Don Sweeney local boy. I mean, nothing gets Don Sweeney out of bed like a local boy. So like I'm all in on it. Just really, really tough to convince me
3: he's the crazy replacement. That's all I've got. For so for me on this topic, it's it's um obviously uh, Coyle's making five point something million dollars per season. And so the promotion Yeah, the promotion is is warranted, you know, Um, and who knows? I'm not going to poo-poo on the idea of what this Boston Bruins roster is going to look like as we sit here on recording this on uh, August 8th, 2021. I'm going to really criticize this roster pretty much leading up towards the Thanksgiving um, uh, threshold when when you uh, can really figure out where you're going to land in the playoff picture and so on. And another thing that kind of worries me is is Coyle's past point production and how streaky he has been in those time frames. As and and, and when you put him at a second line center, you David Krejci was pretty much close to being a point per game player, and that's what you need uh, for secondary scoring to keep that that whole secondary thing rolling. His addition to the third to the second line really makes me nervous because he's been on those stretches. And this is, again, and I know Heather's been hearing this for freaking, I don't know how many years now. This is one of the reasons why I was against the trade overall with Minnesota back in the day. And it wasn't because of Charlie Coyle, the National Hockey League player, the puck possession master, and so on. It was his point production and the upwards of 15 to 20 to 25 games without even an assist that kind of scared me a little bit and it wasn't because we lost Brian Donato.
0: Now, the thing about that is though, the one thing, the thing that changes for me this year on the point production is if you're looking for assists, which by the way, I don't think he's close to being a playmaker by definition, like in my head at the very least, but you do have hall on that line, right? So if you need a guy who can bury the, the, the puck, sorry, looking for my language there. Uh, (laughs) If you need a guy who can bury the puck, that guy can do it. So if Coyle just needs to set him up to be able to score, then maybe you see his point production get a little bit more consistent. However, he's not a playmaker by nature. He's a puck possession guy. So he'll keep the puck in your end or in their end, but he's not going to solve the problem. And I don't know that Craig Smith solves it on the other side either, right? Like, so that's really my my biggest concern is you don't have your true playmaker playing with a guy who you just went out and got to bury the puck, right? Like, so that's my biggest thing. Yeah, so my, th-
1: my thing ahead. with the second line situation is this. I like Charlie Coyle, as I always say, and Mark probably gets sick of me hearing, I need more Boston Bruins Charlie Coyle and less Minnesota Wild Charlie Coyle. <laughs> he is not David Craigie though, and we can't expect him to be. And what upsets me is that I I said last week, I think that, Taylor Hall is the winger that needs an elite center and Charlie Coyle is not an elite center. It's not his fault, but he's not, do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. even though the situation's changed, that being said, Craig Smith has a lot of that same thing you do see. Like I agree with you like a traditional playmaker, but like, He's definitely a driver of like the team. So like where he goes, like the line goes and his teammates, you know, mm-hmm. he's that old school can get it going kind of player that and can get enough done for you when he's on his game. And Craig Smith kind of has that go getter too. So, but I don't feel like we're like at 75% instead of the hundred percent for that line of kind of, like you said, feeling comfortable. I don't want to not trust Charlie Coyle because he is my best cho- choice for second line center on that. And I might not even hate it unless he doesn't play a little better now that he's feeling better, but I'm concerned about Taylor hall, having the pressure of having to now be back to being Taylor hall, the superstar on the thing right? with the pressure. If he has to, if Charlie can't set him up, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't, I mean, crazy is magical and crazy wants to be, do you know what I mean? And can be. And I, that's what I'm concerned about is will that put added pressure back on hall? or even Craig Smith on that side. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead and, and I think me.
0: that's I think that's a legitimate concern, right? I mean, I, and this isn't, an, at least I haven't found anybody to agree with me on this, so it's an unpopular opinion in my mind. I'd like to see Stadnika get a crack there. Like, I, I'd like to at least see him get a couple of games at second-line center with that line. I know he doesn't have the experience. I know that he's had some troubles in the past. I know he's not a second-line center. That said, I think he can skate with pace. I think he's gotten bigger. I think he can hold his own, hopefully. I mean, hopefully he's added, what, 15, almost 20 pounds this offseason? Like, that's a significant amount of body build. I'd like to at least see it try, because here's the deal. At the end of the day, I'm with you, Mark. You have a playoff team right now. So for folks saying that, you know, Don Sweeney hasn't built a playoff caliber team, get the hell out of here. That's just not the case. That said, what you do at the deadline, if you make no more moves this offseason, what you do at the deadline is going to be critical because you're not a Stanley Cup contender as currently constructed. You need that one more piece, whether it's that left D or it's that second line center. I almost don't mind if they go into the season and say, we're not going to know the answer to that, which one we need more until we're midway through this season and address that before the deadline. The only thing that scares me about that is we're relying on Don Sweeney to do that and he's not my favorite midseason uh trader donny uh, is not not a guy i anticipate liking what he does in the in the middle of the season but i could be wrong so so I Oh,
1: sorry. go ahead. I was going to say, you make, and you just, this is the last thing I was saying. You're making me want to vomit a little with the, like, I guess we might have to hands off approach till February. That's not, Inga doesn't like <laughs> that at all. I understand on some level that's how it is, but didn't we try that last year for 56 games and my defense still looked like like not their fault necessarily? But um, that being yeah, said, and didn't Cam think, Neely? Ron Sweeney will always be forgiven because he brought me Taylor Hall this year. So.
0: Just, but but didn't Cam Neely tell you that their biggest need in the off season, I believe it was Neely, was the elusive lefty? Like, yeah. did we go out and find the replacement for the elusive lefty? Get the hell out of here! It's it's like, when Sweeney said the same thing. thing. <laughs> like I like, please, please, please tell me you're not done this off season because if you're not doing anything else to shore that up, you came out and. Blew a bunch of smoke up my, you know what? Because that is, you did not get me what you told me you were getting me.
3: I, be- I believe that something's going to happen. Either they dress the center position via trade. I mean, you could put Jabros. You could put a pick involved, which I'm not too. You guys know I'm not too thrilled about that because we still need to build up that prospect pool. But um, what prospect pool? No, yeah, shut your face. <laughs> shut your face. Um, no, but you know, I, I mean. There's, there's an evaluation process. There's a little bit of patience. We're realists. We we, we like to give the – well, I know I do – a little bit of patience for Don Sweeney and his staff to properly navigate through what they need to do to address the weaknesses on this team. So I, I would like – but I don't want to go as far as past the new year because I, I'm a guy that doesn't want to wait to the uh, trade deadline. I know we got kind of struck gold with the Taylor Hall thing. And he created really good chemistry with-, with Well, because
0: um, he put on a mask and robbed the Buffalo Sabres on his way <laughs> out of town. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Taylor, Taylor Hall essentially was like, where's the Brinks truck? I'm robbing this thing and you're not going to stop me. Just just to ran,
3: to that Brinks truck ran over Kevin Adams, the new GM of the <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Sabres.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Buffalo continuing to be a winning franchise. Never mind. Sorry.
3: But I'm I'm I'm, on, I'm totally on board with giving these guys a, a little bit of time to create some chemistry. And whether In Charlie Coyle can get that with two- I think I still think Craig Smith is a very valuable winger. And he, you know, he puts the goals in, he he shoots. That's the biggest thing I like about Craig Smith. It's not about his he's not a 40-50 goal scorer and so on, but look how many pucks he puts on net in in stride. Hmm. In like he, he can get a shot off a net in a phone booth. You know, it's just That's the things you got to do to create those chances. Get the goaltender moving. Get somebody there. We still do need that big body in front to create havoc in front of the goal. I know we missed it a little bit now with uh, Nick Ritchie going to to, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know, Heather, you're probably going to kill me later for saying that, but still.
1: I'm upset. I'm crying a fucking river over here, guy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But I I just want to give him that much time. I don't want to just shit on the freaking roster being built right now. So I just think that. You know, once these guys work together, they 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 get the camaraderie during the off season into the training camps, and then this side of the year, I I have a really good feeling we're gonna this team is gonna like shock people in my opinion. I I'm not a, saying I'm not saying shock as in we're going to the cup, get the duck boats ready yeah, that, or anything like that. It it's, really just, it's just it's just think we're just gonna be one of those teams that is always competitive. We spend the cap appropriately and so on, and I just think that we're gonna be okay. You know, the okay, you not got to win this
1: year. A couple things on I know. this, gentlemen, to you continue damn window there. people. <laughs> One, no one's shitting on the roster. We're just three Bruins fans kind of talking about we've got all these players, what we might like to see. I, I mean, again, I, either way, it, it was like last year with Lozon and Zaboro. Like, I mean... You have to be my lefty, so I guess that's okay because that's really what's happening, you know? And not because, you know, I don't dislike either of those players. I like them. I like, I'm like i more of a Zaboro than a Lozon girl, but that's okay. Um, but I feel like one light that might come if you keep Craig Smith up there on the second line, if you assume, right? is that Coyle and Smith look good together earlier in the year when Smith was still lower down. So they do have a little bit of chemistry. We know that. So if just they could pop off then it won't be the best it won't be as exciting as our second line we had for six minutes and 48 <laughs> seconds or whatever uh, but it was there like a seven this is like my nightmare year and after year we <laughs> don't have wingers we don't have wingers now we're like what do we do with centers um i don't know i have my like random list but i will skip for a thing just because you had brought up um stanika so i'll just he was lower up, just further on the list do you think this is the year that like i you make me want to I like Stadnika too. I want to preface it that, Andrew, but it makes Mm -hmm. me want to throw up thinking, let's just throw him and let him be this. No, I'm good. I'll take my chances with Charlie Coyle until we make a move or do something better. But that being said, this might be a year that he does really crack this lineup. Do you guys think that this might be his year? And if it's not his year, do you think that Jack Stadnika is the new Anders Bjork slash DeBrusque?
3: Ooh, I... That's where you, you want me, are, you want me to take this, Andrew? Yeah, go for it. All right. So with, um, uh, with Jack's availability, he has one more season under contract on his current entry-level deal. He's an RFA in 22-23. So it's either you put him in the AHL because you believe that you have everything that you need up the middle. Now going from Bergeron to coil to the third line center, whoever that's going to be Hall maybe. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. And, and then a no sick down the fourth line you can put without any, um, without anybody claiming somebody Sinica in Providence for one more year, or you could filter him in a little bit. And I almost hate saying this, but if you get him NHL time and you don't be- and the Bruins don't believe that he has a shot to like secure an NHL spot anytime soon, you're building up equity in him by playing him at the NHL level and using him as a trade ship for somebody that you definitely need for a Stanley Cup run at the second line center. So you can get somebody else in there, move Coil back down to the third. We're rolling now. I I, I kind of think that that might happen, but I'm not totally sure. I believe Soneka is a strong player and a developing player, a good player. But the way that the landscape is right now and the way that the contracts are, you know, it's just – for me, it's not lining up for him. I, and I hate saying that because I do believe in his abilities and so on. But, I mean, it remains to be seen. I think that he is –
0: you you have to give him value this season because you either need to move him or he's not going to be much for you. Like, I, I don't see him being the permanent solution, I guess, to your next, what, two years to go win a cup? I mean, you can't even get, and I know we'll talk about this later, you can't even get Bergeron to commit right now to another couple of years, it doesn't sound like. Like, I think Bergeron's going year to year at this point because I think if he wins again, he's the hell out of here. Like, he's... He's good. He's going to go spend time with his beautiful wife and beautiful children and, you know, make us all look silly. Like he's just going to go sail off into the sunset if he's, he wins.
3: He's going to take the path via mock
0: Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's that's what we need to be prepared for. So do I think Stednika is your your long term solution? No. I think in a prospect pool that absolutely terrifies me up the middle. I don't really know what to say to that. Like my point is right now, do whatever you have to do to win because at this point you need to get ready for the rebuild. Yeah. And I know Bruins fans hate to hear that. Oh, we'll rebuild on the fly. We'll always no, You'll always be a playoff team because you're in Boston and you'll get, you know, thrown the hell out of the city if you're not, but you're not always going to be a contender and you need to be ready for that window because it's coming quick.
1: And that's my only point. I said like this it, before. It's happening right now. We are already yeah. in that. We're always we're always going to be in the second round, kids. Like, that's where we're at. You know what I mean? Like, that's just yep. the kind of this rebuilding on the flyway it creates. You almost have to create a situation. Either you're really shitty or you really have a shot of making it. And the in-between is what really fu- sucks because then you get stuck yeah. there rebuilding for even longer. Uh, I'm not talking to you, um, Buffalo or Detroit or any team like that, maybe Jersey Devils. I'm just sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: No, I mean, I th- I think that's that's the whole point for me, though, right? Build value for Stadnika and bring in somebody this year that can send Stadnika, DeBrusk, and something else for something other than Eichel. Shut the hell up about oh, Eichel. Um, but anyways, not the point of this podcast. Um, bring in a second-line center and a lefty somehow this year and go win the damn thing so that you can let Bergeron do whatever he wants with the end of his career. You can set up these guys for the next couple of years to be a decent team, but not a cup winning team. And you rebuild that's, that's all you can do right now, but go win this year because this is probably it. They're not winning
1: this year, Andrew. You're so cute. I'm sorry. Go
0: I, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, well, Hey, we don't know. They're not done yet. I still no, believe. Right. I still believe that Don Sweeney could, if you don't bring in the elusive left D. I it's
2: mean, how are Neely and
0: work. Sweeney safe? Like, you came out at the end of the year and went, we acknowledge we messed this up. We're going to go fix it. And then the summer floats by? No, they have to do something still. I I am firmly in belief that they still have another move in them.
3: Okay, listen, before we take our mid-show break and and hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, I have a question for you. Let's, Let's dovetail this right now. If... There's another move going on, which I believe there will be. Does this continue Don Sweeney's best year offseason? Because I wasn't, and I don't care what anybody says. I thought he and staff put on a damn good draft. His offseason signings have addressed certain needs, you know, especially the bottom six to create that identity that this team's been missing for the last two seasons. And and obviously the departure of uh, Sean Corale is a big part of that. Not shouldn't not people went on Sean Corale in his career here, but his first two years were awesome. First three years were awesome. Last two, sorry. I, I the writing was on the wall two years ago for him. But can we agree that if he like pulls off something? This offseason has been the best of his tenure.
0: I'm going to crack a beer for Don Sweeney because this has been by far his best offseason since being our GM. That was a sweet sound. It has been
1: his last, it has been his best four months as our GM, I would argue. And I love yeah. Don Sweeney, Mark. You can attest. Like I love him. I will give him all the benefit of the doubt. He does things like I'm still I still fucking mad at you at pretending like I might have Tori Krug still and you <laughs> led this racer. But Taylor Hall numbs that pain a little bit. But I am sub- he had to though, right? Because him and Neely were gonna start being under the hot seat, right? Really under the hot seat. Yes. So I would argue it's the best four months he's had as general manager between drafting off season trade deadline and up to this point. And I also hope there's at least one more move because I'm still not feeling I get nervous on defense, especially now. It's one thing when we had Tuka in there, but I don't know what I'm going to get with this Swayman. I don't know if Swayman is going to shut down and get overwhelmed. Like sometimes kids do. I don't know. But Mark, he might just blossom getting out of Buffalo. Everyone seems to. Um, just so,
3: but I—I I, I, I mean, before we take the break, I just really think that this was a season that maybe ownership said we need to we need to do something. We need to shake things up, and and maybe you're on the hot seat. And this was one of the things that made that needle move for Neely and Sweeney to say, you know, maybe we do need to consider this window narrative and it's closing soon and we need to do something because not only do we need it to do it for our fans our community the, the new england but we also have to do it for our jobs you know i mean that's a that's a, a really that's a, a dose of reality right there when you're pushed into a corner and you're trying to fight fight out of a fight out of it and uh, you know addressing certain holes on this boston bruins team that have really hindered the efforts of moving forward, particularly in the second round. So,
0: yeah, I mean, this is, this has been by far the best offseason, I think in addition to that, this is probably the most in danger they felt, right? I mean, it it, it forces you to make moves when you feel the danger. And frankly, it's the right time to put the pressure on if you're going to do it, because like I said, guys like Bergeron, they don't want to sign another multi-year deal. He wants to win and he wants to sail off into the sunset.
3: And that's a great segue. Argue, go ahead, say, Heather.
1: Just one more. Sorry, guys like Bergeron aren't going to want to sign in Boston once guys like Bergeron are here either. Correct. Or, yes. That's a nice, depressing thing, then,
3: Don. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you know, what's not depressing and what's not endangered and fully trusted is my friend, our friend, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please go to his Facebook uh, page, his group, and um, follow him. Get the email address, ask him questions, sign up on Facebook, like and share, and be entered into some awesome winnings, free stuff. He has a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, collection of Boston Bruins hand signed memorabilia, and we buy everything from him uh, our jerseys for uh, our Patreon jersey giveaways, which is coming up at the beginning, the middle of this month. But um, anyway, Let's take our first hour uh, our break, and uh, we'll hear from Bruce right now. We'll be right back.
2: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are happy to announce the Bruins legends Jerry Cheevers, Sean Thornton, Brad Park, and Phil Esposito are coming to Boston Sports and Music This August and September. To make room for our new inventory, we are blowing out our current items at huge discounts. Score Achievers autographed inscribed custom black jersey for just $75. Or a JSA mask photo for just $34. Take home an Esposito autographed 8x10 for just $50. Or a Brad Park 8x10 for just $30. Or grab an Esposito autographed inscribed puck for 59 or a Brad Park puck for 34. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! <clears throat>
3: What's up, Bruins fans? We are back. We're talking with the awesome Andrew Taverna. Please follow him at Andrew Taverna on Twitter. And please subscribe to the Puck Lions Hockey Podcast on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify all the worldwide listening platforms. It's a fantastic program. It gets you the the Boston Bruins information that you need, but also if you like that degenerate kind of guy that you like to throw the bets down, they talk about that stuff too, which is really exciting. So, um, but thank you to Bruce Sullivan uh, from the Boston sports and music memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff that we just heard about, but more fantastic is we're back and we're talking Boston Bruins hockey, the off season edition with our friend Andrew Taverna and Heather Ingerson, So let's get back at it, Heather. Where are we heading now on the um, roundtable non-agenda?
1: Okay, well, before we move on to the next topic, I was thinking on break. Here's an unpopular opinion. Andrew keeps saying he has unpopular opinions. Here's an unpopular opinion <laughs> The window has already closed, my friends, and we're just in denial it has. So I ought to get some hate mail on that, but that's fine. All right, but what I really want to You mean for about- me?
0: I, I mean, I'm going to send you the hate mail. I mean, <laughs> here, you can
3: you one- hear the piece of paper? I'm sending it your way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you hear the carrier pigeon wings flying toward you? <laughs> i just saying.
1: Um, anyways, so Cassie also expressed, I guess we're going to talk about defense for a minute. He expressed he would like to try McAvoy Fulbert as a defensive pair. Uh, I can see Andrew's face. It's funny. I was saying to Mark that sometimes your brain I think that we are our brains linked up and things I'm thinking <laughs> we start ranting about and I'm just like like it, like it, yeah. But um, but um, how do we feel about this? I it, again to be fair, I'm very adamant. I want. I like Grizzlick and McAvoy together. I prefer us to have a big guy and a little guy. But what do you guys think about like an old school kind of Chara? Is they everyone keeps saying Chara or uh, Chara Berg or whatever. But you know, I, I don't I don't think it will be the same as uh, Seidenberg and Chara as much as people keep saying that or whatever. But what are your guys' thoughts on this all kind of big guy?
0: Okay, first off, that's the most ridiculous comparing of the Chara-Seidenberg. So, like, whoever said that, send them at me because I need to school that child. Um, but <laughs> yeah, more I'm importantly, <laughs> um, I, I listen, I mean, this doesn't solve the problem. I mean, whoever you pair McAvoy with, he's going to be fine. Right? Like, McAvoy has proven that he can eat minutes. He can play in big scenarios. He's everything you were dreaming he was going to be, which is why – not only are they going to back the Brinks truck up, it's probably going to run right over that boy because he's about to get paid. Yeah, that I'll said, that. no, that's not a good pairing. That's that's just not the solution. Not if, not if. and I know you're telling me the window's closed, but I refuse to believe it, and I'm over here smashing windows next to me right now in hopes of opening a window somehow. Um, but no, that's not the solution to winning a cup. I mean, that's a serviceable D-pair, but not for what you're trying to do. Not with this very short window you have left.
3: Yeah, uh, for me, I I am all about the good defenseman, the rugged defenseman, um, and the pairing of a small and mobile defenseman. And I kind of do like, regardless of of, of had uh, this BU love over there, but uh, I do like the idea of a McAvoy Grizzly because. You know that I mean McAvoy is pretty much a a perennial friggin' um, future perennial um, um, Norris Trophy winner, and he's got the defensive game down. Probably going to be a future captain and so on. And looks the type of player that has that mobility, the speed, the transition, and um, and and jumps in offensively. Uh, and my favorite thing about Grizzly, and I know he's undersized, and I'm probably going to get hammered for freaking backing him up and so on. My favorite thing about him, and I talked about this with Heather on a previous podcast a couple weeks ago, is I like the way that Grizzly moves, much like Tory Krug, laterally along the blue line, head up all the time, looking for seams to throw that puck just on net. Not a huge shot, just to throw it on net, get it to a guy out front, or even pick a corner. And I've seen that several times from a guy like uh, Matt Chris like that gets gets openings open when he moves laterally and he just scopes it like a quarterback throwing it right to a receiver and I hate football by the way, and I don't believe I said that
0: yeah i, I know you hate football, which just still doesn't make any sense, and I will fix you someday but <laughs> no you um, no you won't trust me I, we'll but, but i'm I'm gonna keep trying because that's just an absolutely insane take um. But anyways, I guess my question about Grizzlick, right? So I'm fine keeping that pair together. Like, I think that's a, a great D pair. I think Grizzlick brings the offense you need to have on your first line D. I think McAvoy is going to get more of an offensive game. The more he continues to, you saw it a little bit last year, right? The more he continues to stretch himself, bring himself out there, the more he realizes he can still get back, right? Like this yeah. isn't a Chara situation where if, he pinches, he's not getting back, right? Like you ran into a bunch of years there where Char like would pinch down the wall and you'd be like, no, like it's over now because McAvoy's got to run back. And (laughs) so like, I I think that's good. My concern about Grizzly is specific. It's can he keep himself healthy by positioning his body correctly against the boards? I don't know why it continues to happen, but it seems like the position he puts himself in makes him vulnerable. And when he does that, it makes me cringe every time because I think if he were your third or fourth guy, even your third guy, right. I mean, I know you've got Carlos. So, but like, that's a better fit for the way he's playing the game. If you're on that, if you're playing those first pairing minutes, I'm sure it's something that's coachable. I'm sure somebody has to be sitting with him this off season and going, let's continue to watch the tape where you just get ground into the boards because you've positioned yourself this way. And maybe he works that out. I mean, he's a great defenseman. He can certainly quarterback to play. I love Grizzly. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere. These people who want to trade him. I'm like, the hell do you want in return? Cause I think at this point you're just whining to whine, Um, which is why I've started to unfollow some of you on Twitter. So learn your lesson, have a better take, or I'm going to unfollow you. Um, (laughs) I, there's really not much more to it for me. Like, It's, it's fine. I don't think it's what you need if you want to go win the cup. And I believe you still have a year or two. You know what, I'm gonna correct myself a little bit. I think you have a year, maybe to really make that final push if you make a couple more moves.
1: I am want you to know I I do you know I'm all in I will fully believe that we can win the cup no matter what happens I thought we could win the cup last year even though I was watching with my own eyes a situation where I knew we'll <laughs> the cup wasn't like, <laughs> happening like this you know but I will always believe until I can't anymore but I think I would prefer the Grizzlick instead of Fobert with him because the one thing about Grizz being small is. Charlie McAvoy is a very mobile, mobile defenseman. Right. So we always talk about like Brandon Carlos. Awesome. Cause he is just like that classic, just consistent st- defensive defenseman, you know, like he does other things too, but he plays the role of being what he should be a big shutdown kind of defensive role. So when Grizz gets exposed, when he doesn't get crushed, I totally agree with you with that, that he does put himself in some vulnerable situations. That being said, he never gets seriously injured, and he's always, like, right back in. The numbers last year showed when the two of them were together. But what I like about it is that McAvoy can – you don't have to, like you said, worry about the lumbering defenseman to get back. Like, when they're in a rhythm, like, they are – they work very well together because he can protect him size-wise, but also just they can – throw it on net until someone can get it into and i kind of like that consistency and they kind of know each other but you're right like McAvoy is going to be fine no matter what but i didn't really like the idea of just like this for the sake of just having two big bodies i i don't know if derek is going to make the difference between charlie mcavoy continuing to grow as an offensive i feel like he has a better chance to continue to grow offensively if he does have Grizzly, who is also a pretty solid defenseman overall even if he is small uh, when he's messy is yes, we can point him and McAvoy had two horrible games the last couple games of the playoffs, but the whole damn team looked like it threw up all over itself. So I can't specifically blame them. But anyways, I want to bring that up. So I guess another defensive thing that's been going around this week is that we're trying to maybe get Jeremy Lozon back from Seattle. I don't know if this even makes sense now that we have all these other moves happening. I know Mark, you love Jeremy Lozon. You know, I don't care if he does come back, but I'm just looking like, now we have too many lefty. What is, what are your thoughts, Mark? Well, you
0: have too many, not, not like prime lefty, like, like you, you, you need your top lefty man. Where, where is he? Matt because brother. it's not any of the people you brought in. So where is he? If they try and tell me that Forbot's the guy that's like brought in to be that top lefty, like, no, that's a lie. So where is he? So Mark, actually, I want to ask you a question. You've been all over the Twitterverse about this whole Lausanne Seattle situation. I would like to hear from you
3: in words rather than cryptic tweets. What you're <laughs> actually you. thinking is going on. All right, so the 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 narrative didn't start from me with the Lozon thing. It was a report that the Boston Bruins were actively trying to go at Seattle because they have a plethora of defensemen. It was in that,
0: French that report. So are you sure you're actually not a Frenchman just writing that report? And I
3: barely speak English. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. Jesus. <laughs> but no, but you know, I read it what he said is and I can understand that. the the Boston Bruins were were really tough on losing a player like Luzon. Now I know that he's got some some growing pains and so on as a younger defenseman, but he's more of that shut down type of role. He plays with aggression. I liked his game. Could he be better? Absolutely. But we just didn't have time. And the way that the you had the way that the Boston Bruins went with the seven, three, and one, you could protect him if you went the eight eight and the goaltender, whatever. But on the seventh and one theory, it just didn't work out. You only had you could only protect three defensemen. And I hate I hate when people come at me and said you didn't have to protect Grizzlick. And I was like, Yeah, you did, because you can only protect three. You know, so that you have to go back to the eight and one with with that motto, whatever, that theory. But I just think that there's a good possibility that there might be a pick going the other way because, um, obviously, uh, Seattle's a new franchise, um, which is awesome, 32, rounding off finally. Uh, but they're also going to want to build their prospect pool for their future program, uh, American Hockey League team, I believe in sp- something Springs, California. Uh, but anyway, um, so – yeah, I could see a second-round pick going for Jeremy Lozon. There is going to be a lot of left-shot defensemen now. We're not going to have enough right-shot. So it's like we're, we're rocking the boat here on, on left-shot, right-shot defensemen. Um, but I do think that, that there is some kind of talks that are going on. Uh, but one tweet I will freaking take credit for is, is the, the, uh, the source that broke the news that Jay Leach was going to Seattle. And and is the uh, same person that reached out and said that he believes Jay Leach is only in Seattle for a season and might be heading back to the East Coast. Not saying with the Boston Bruins. I'm saying he bought a house in New Hampshire and he's very eager to get back in the coaching role somewhere on the East Coast.
0: But so why? So, okay. So why go to Seattle then? even for the year. Are you telling me the Bruins organization wouldn't have given him the open assistant position?
3: It's a huge pay grade, And it also, it also, it's a resume builder, Andrew, seriously.
0: Okay. I, and you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. I, I mean, Mark, you're, you're most definitely more right than me, right? I mean, my knowledge of hockey is to, to bet on it and to watch it. Your knowledge of hockey is actual knowledge of hockey. So like, I'm not going to actually argue that, but if I were a betting man, which I am, so I'm going to go down this path, right? Like, odds are, if he got that much of a a pay raise and he's moved out to the West Coast for a season, it just seems strange to me. Like, unless he's not bringing his family, like, is he leaving his whole family behind on the East Coast? I mean, that's just... Kind of what I'm hearing. Then maybe I see him coming
3: back. Kind of what I'm hearing.
0: Well, that's, I mean... Hey, uh, Megan, if you're listening, I'm leaving the whole family on the East coast for this summer and I'm headed over to the West coast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but if my daughter doesn't sleep consistently through the night, I might not be, uh, (laughs) so yeah, I think it's uh, fine. Interesting. Maybe he comes back. I would have liked to see him stay then and take the open assistant position because actually one of the things I found really interesting about development camp to go completely off topic Uh, so that you guys you don't want to kill me. That's Um, all we do. But uh Chris Kelly and Adam McQuaid being members of the development camp coaching staff, right? I mean, so we've got an open position in the AHL, which obviously one of those guys is gonna take. So then you're gonna have an open assistant position with Providence, right? I mean, that's at least the way I'm reading it, Mark. You could correct me if I'm wrong. I will but then you also have an open assistant position in the NHL and you've got two guys who are players with the organization who make sense in either development roles. If you have somebody coming from a development position into an assistant position, or you potentially have one of those guys in Providence as an assistant for some, right? Like I think there's a lot of scenarios there. Let's put it this way. Chris Kelly and Adam McQuaid weren't here to play again. So what was their purpose for taking their, jobs at the development camp and is it a chance for the you know management to look at them as potential replacements
3: it Heather do you want this one no go ahead okay um in my opinion and I've seen Adam McQuaid and I've seen Chris Kelly down in Providence in the one of the suites uh, hanging out with Don Sweeney and so on I think that this this is a grooming process for them to get into Uh, player development as an executive, Uh, more or less like how Don Sweeney got his position with the Boston Bruins organization It's just to filter them in, you know, for bigger roles and so on. Um, I don't honestly see them being any part of the coaching staff, either in Providence or in Boston.
0: Not even McQuaid?
3: No, I think it's going to be player development. Uh, I think Chris Kelly is going to be a forward guy and and Adam McQuay is going to be your defensive guy. That's going to that, that has that pedigree of toughness and 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 can be that teacher when you need to lean on somebody in certain situations. When you're around the net, you're getting hacked and so on. I think that he'd be a great leadership. And I'm not saying that he won't be a great coach later on. But as of right now, the the front runner, believe it or not, and I'm actually surprised that this is happening because of tenure, is uh, is Ryan Magranel. Is is the lead runner for the Providence Bruins head coaching job, uh, which means I don't know if Trent Whitfield's going to come back. How he's going to react to being kind of hopped over a little bit, sure. But uh, but and the other thing is at the NHL level, you do not have to have a number of uh, representatives behind the bench. You, you don't. So
0: you think you think they're just going to leave that that spot open
3: if they want to address it then they they can, but there's no legal thing that says you have to put another body in there to replace somebody. That's true.
0: I I mean, yeah, that's true. I just, so who takes on that responsibility that's on the Bruins coaching staff today?
3: That's my only thing, right? Like, so maybe Trent Whitfield's the guy that moves up.
0: All right, well, you my know, brain can't process I, that live on a podcast. I'd need to think about
3: that more. But I, maybe- I, I would really want to say that Mark Savi would be coming back for that role, but that's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, Heather, see what I just did to her? She needs a new pair of shorts. Can, uh, I,
1: talk, <laughs> can I talk for a second? I know, you think I don't see your hat, Andrew, because the whole time I keep looking at you and you tilt your head a certain way. I'm like, that's right, baby. I'm i sorry, Mr. Mister I didn't, sorry,
3: uh, Mr. Uh, okay, Mr. No, Savai didn't even know serious? that was his hat.
1: Let me say something first. Yeah, that's fair. I think personally, it's a split of both. I think McQuaid's going to end up in the coaching staff at some point, maybe not right now, but and Kelly's going more into like the management in the actual front offices roles, just because of their skill set. First of all, Chris Kelly had he has experience in other fr- He like he's kind of been doing rounds, like you said, kind of building a pedigree of learning since he stopped playing, and I think Adam McQuaid just he. You can say what you want about Adam McQuay, but like that dude is a solid defensive machine that can help young kids take those last, especially crucial steps because sometimes with defensemen, if you lose them between like 21 and 23, they're never going to finish growing to be their ultimate prime defensive people. So I personally think that's what's happening. Maybe not this year. I don't know about them leaving it vacant or whatever, but I do think one of them's going into the coaching realm and one of them's going to the front offices. I would bet Chris Kelly is being, he's going to be a top dog, even maybe even this year, get appointed to something. Cause you know, in business, they can just make up names, right? Like they can be (laughs) like, all right, Chris Kelly is the assistant coordinator of the, upstairs prospects in the ahl or whatever what's an upstairs prospect i don't know it's just what he's in charge of he's getting paid for it uh yeah he's a guy that sits next to
3: me in the press box of the providence uh dunk
1: but all day long you know i know mark savard's gonna come back like i said he left st louis not so much because he didn't like the coaching and stuff but because his son in the draft years yep. and everything was coming up and things were getting real in his real world so I do think in the next few years, we'll see Mark Savard.
3: But then, but then again, to be honest with you guys, as I pour this awesome Sylvaticus beer, um, I wouldn't be surprised if like Adam McQuaid is like a candidate for a defensive job with Providence. Because- so here's
0: why I say that, though, Mark. Hold on. Because development camp, Thursday, not Friday, Thursday, very end of the defenseman on the ice. It's an hour-long session, right? So you've got the forwards for an hour. You've got the all-group for an hour. And then you've got the defensemen on the ice for an hour. The last 10 minutes of an on-ice session, they all knelt down around McQuaid and did a 10-minute. And I'm not kidding you. It was like 10 full minutes of McQuaid giving them all a speech. Like on ice, all in a circle, not stretching, not not taking that last 10 minutes of ice time, something they could have done in the locker room, something they could have done in the weight room on ice, 10 minutes talking to them, no whiteboard, just like very much. Like it just felt to me like, okay, that's a guy who's grooming to be in a leadership position with young players. That was my only reasoning for it. And I didn't set that context 10 minutes earlier in this conversation. So what an ass, but that's why I said that. It's not a
3: fireable offense, Andrew, no worries. (laughs) But, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, anything could happen. And and what he provided as a as a player in this organization was just an absolute warrior. But it's also something that you want to be installed into this um, teaching role of younger players and so on is to, is to how to play with the puck with toughness, how to play without the puck with toughness. You know, you don't have to be the goon all the time and sit on the end of the bench, you get your two minutes of ice time every night on this Boston Bruins team and many NHL teams throughout the 32 in the league is you need to be that all round player and have all the attributes to go out on that ice and be everyone, you know, just like the A team man back in the day, be a Baracus and, you know, face and so on. You just, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not going to like, I'm not I sure. was all in this for a second, <laughs> and I was listening, and then I heard A-Team, and I was like, what is <laughs> happening on this podcast?
3: I just had a. I had an image of the cool van that was going just go, you know. Yeah, so okay. anyway.
1: Or um, a stalker-raper van. That's okay. No, I didn't <laughs>
3: My, my image of the band didn't have free candy on the side. Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to
0: give a shout out to Mark Savard for doing the intro for our podcast. Thank you, Mark.
3: Yeah, that was so I, badass.
1: Yes.
0: Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everything you did for the Bruins organization. And uh, hopefully you're listening.
3: Yes. That'd be awesome. That would, I'd love if to Mark have Mark Savard
1: listen to this. I would literally probably stroke out if he's
0: well, like, You'll we'll hey, probably stroke out Andrew. if we get him
3: on as a guest.
0: We'll, we'll see can. if we can send him a message, see if he'll listen. Yeah. But again, yeah. thank you for doing our
1: intro for our podcast. We appreciate it. And he All thanks right. you for supporting the initiative for the concussion research and such. That's right right back. Okay, well, maybe let's focus on something. Well, geez, all I asked about was if we were going to get Lozon on back or not, and then that turned into like a 20-minute who's coaching in the Bruins. I, Good you know, content. Again, I would like to apologize one last time to Kevin Miller for always calling him Adam Miller because him and Adam McQuade <laughs> are the same person to me, and that's why I was pissed <laughs> that they protected him and not Colin Miller in the Vegas expansion draft. I know, Colin Miller. I'm just, I'm still mad about it. I don't. All right. Um, So let's talk about goaltending then, because that never makes anyone lose
3: their fucking shit. Oh, hashtag Um, goalie union.
1: Okay, so Cassidy actually said the words that Allmark and Swayman are going to be competing for the starts. This goaltending situation is making my head hurt. Um, You don't pay $5 million to someone to compete with a friggin' 22-year-old goaltender or whatever. I I just don't know, like... Again, I'm more concerned overall about Swayman getting fucked on development with all of this yes. playing out. But what did you guys think about the comment of him specifically saying? Not like, oh, Swayman's gonna back up, what, but like they'll be competing for the starts. Are we paying five million dollars to a backup goaltender? I, I'm confused. I, I hope not.
0: I hope not. And I guess my I, I'm gonna let Mark be the expert on this, but my my opinion being a uh, how much I love Swayman, and I know Mark's gonna give me a hard time calling me the new Toy Crew or whatever he calls me. Um, I am a big Swayman fan because I'm a big Hockey East fan. I feel like it's fair to be a Swayman fan. I'm a Connor Hellebuck fan too, right? Like,
3: you no Hellebuck guy.
0: I, so, like, I listen. It's it, it is what it is. I'm a Hockey East fan. I know Mark, you'll never forgive me for it, but I'm big on Swayman. I think he's the next big thing. That said, you don't pay a guy that much money. The reason I was saying that you split it evenly between Swayman and Rask at the time was because you were going to pay Rask almost next to nothing to come back in here and groom Swayman. You didn't just pay Olmark next to nothing. So he's your starter. I don't know why this is even a conversation, and I don't know what Cassidy is doing creating this being a conversation, other than I feel like Bruins management to some extent with Don Sweeney's Krejci coming back and, you know, Cassidy's... Oh, Mark, maybe splitting with, like, I feel like the Bruins organization is just trying to piss off the fans. Like They're just like, what can we say to make everybody so excited this offseason that they're going to be talking about us? That's really the only explanation I
1: have. I hope Mark has a better one. Then why you know? are they so quiet on Twitter? I mean, you I think they'd have better social right. media presence than if they want to friggin' cheer up their own fans. <laughs> Don't knock
3: Eric on. Russo, and I know yes. you're not, Heather. I mean, he's said... No, no, you know I love like and so on. going. Yeah, but the, I mean... But if, overall, this, like... If know, there's a different. ranking in, in social <laughs> engagements and so on, the yeah. Bruins are pretty much at the lower echelon of the league, but yeah. You know, well, they also have like the
0: smallest social team, which I find incredibly weird. Like Eric Russo, as Mark knows, I'm a huge yeah. fan of. Is, does, I am too. Yeah. Does double all hands of, up. Does all of their writing, does all of their interviewing, yep. does I believe he's a big part of their social media. Yeah. He's taking the video that these guys and the photos these guys are taking and using that. Like, why the hell is Eric Russo the only guy? And, and he's That's probably he's not. But like, why is he the only guy that produces content? Shouldn't the Bruins have... Ten content people. Yeah, I mean, we have ten content people at BNG. What? what, What's happening? Like,
3: (laughs) we have way more than that. Well,
0: I my point is that the Bruins should be able to probably match that. Is right, right? Like, like someone should edit
1: the footage for Eric Russo instead of him having to take the footage. So you're gonna fly to Alaska. You're gonna get the footage. You're gonna edit the footage. You're gonna email the footage to Johnny. Like, yeah, okay.
2: Guys, hardest
0: workhorse, hardest working guy I think I've ever met. I respect the hell out of that. maybe I,
3: outside of mark thanks buddy i love <laughs> wow, you virtual hugs oh anyway um go sound there. was weird <laughs> i know all right sorry <laughs> sorry i had to burp as i was doing the hug so feel comfort <laughs> feel, feel comfort in my uh my drinking abilities but <laughs> goal going,
1: back, going
3: back going back to goaltending i i'm completely fine with all mark oh uh, going back to Allmark uh, being the 1A, 1B, um, and Swayman basically splitting the 41-41. I really want to see that. Um, I don't think anybody should go on long streaks uh, and get rusty when it comes to game time. I know game pep- preparation is very different and in these goaltenders these days, uh, under under the uh, skillful eye of Boba Senzer and Mike Dunham, are going to be fully prepared for no matter what situation. But I do like the idea of, you know, if Omar gets a shutout one day, maybe that, you know, Swayman gets the gets a start the next and not like, oh, well, he had a good game, and then let's ride this pony uh, for a while until, I mean, he's pretty much worn out and then throw – the younger kid in, I really want to go like a, and almost like a, a, you know, you play two and then that guy plays two. And then even it out throughout the season and so on. Then why pay all Mark what you paid him? Because he's still a number. He's still a one a, I mean, this is what, when you look at the goaltending the way it is right now, you still have to compare it to what uh, a healthy Rask and uh, Yaroslav Halak was like back in the past three years. Uh, w- William Jennings Trophy winners in 2019. The way they worked together, the camaraderie they had in the locker room on the ice, and so on. That's what you need. I and mean, th- I just believe that the days of you know Patty Waugh starting freaking 75 games out of out of 82 is unheard of these days. You know, I think I think the the model of goaltending has now changed so much that you need to get. Your backup more involved in 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 situations to not only create rest, but you know, keep everybody fresh. Game game, game time, crease time, whatever you say, is so much more important than just practice time.
0: But then can't we do like a instead of a 41-41? And I'm not good at math, so I'm gonna even this out a little bit, but couldn't we do like a 50-30 or a 55-25? Like I, I just feel like if you're gonna pay a goaltender that much for four years and you're gonna make him part of your system, then then maybe use him like that kind of goaltender. I okay. I don't know, Mark, you're the goalie expert, so that's my uh, last comment. Let,
3: let me jump out of the goalie crease, right? And let's go to the forward position. Are you okay with spending five million dollars on a third line center of Charlie Coil? I mean, or? that's on record of me being a no to that. So Okay, I know. I'm just trying to get there. <laughs> <I'm> trying to <laughs> But no, no, I mean, I, I I get the concerns and so on when it, when it comes down to dollar value, and 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 that dollar value sometimes dictates in play, flat playing time. Well, rumor oh, has it that, a
0: million dollars. If you're about to come at me with a million dollars, I'm about to drive to Amesbury. Oh, I'm
3: not. Are we allowed uh, to say where you live? Yes. Yeah, no, the studio. Okay. Has it okay. in Amesbury, time. Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I'm Didn't want saying. to have to drive up 495 to find you, pal. No, 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 no. I'm I'm just saying that you know. Merrimack
1: Valley, what's up? Shout out Merrimack exactly. Valley. 495, kids. We all know how to play 45. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah, no shit. Um, no, I'm, I'm just saying that the uh, the dollar value um, should should go to like a one A one B, and I get it too.
1: Can I say something about absolutely? My- if we did end Keep up talking, I'll like be right a 50, back, a 50, 30 or what he does this sometimes, a 50, 30 or whatever. Um, I think I would prefer Swayman playing the 50 because, again, I'm concerned about him not playing enough either. Like 41, 41 reasonable. You know, he's getting good in. And I don't think you should ever necessarily just ride. Again, days are gone from when my boy Marty Rodor over here on my other, in the Roas and the Hassocks of the world played 90% of the damn games. I get that. I guess we have to overspend, but the saving grace is that we still play swimming crap. So we're not in the long run spending that much on goaltending, right? That's true. Right. Like Swamin' but makes nothing. I would nothing. rather him play the majority of the games because he's supposed to be our next starting goaltender, especially now that Dan Vladar, he's not even going to apparently be our transition starting goaltender. You know, it's just weird to me. Go ahead, Andrew. Right.
0: I guess my, my thing is, like, what I'd like to see happen is year one, right? Omar play a little more. Year two, Maybe play even. You're mm-hmm. three and four, see Swayman take that over. Mm-hmm. And then Swayman becomes your starting goaltender. My concern is if Cassidy is out here telling Bruins fans, right in the media, like, well, we don't know whose crease it is yet. Like, yeah. you just paid this guy a lot of money to not know it's at least his crease for a year. Right. So and, say, and maybe he it's.
1: Is. To be fair, he didn't pay him the money. Sweeney paid him the money again. That's Cassidy true. seems like a man in crisis. Of like, what in <laughs> the <laughs> actual? <laughs> I actually
3: <laughs> like the idea of internal competition when it comes down to the goaltending. You know, I'm,
0: I'm not against it. I'm just asking the questions. I don't, I don't have a real formed opinion because I feel like the way I feel about Swayman does not allow me to have a real formed opinion. Oh no, no, no! As That's long a- as Swayman's in the system. Swayman is my man. He literally could come in and let up 35 goals in a game. And I'd be like, well, he had a bad game. Like, I I don't know what Jeremy Swayman would need to do to make me not a fan, but I, I think it'd have to be like run somebody over with his car and then back it up again. Even like,
1: and even couldn't then just then be one direction. Him, then, then even then you'd forgive him. I got a few players like that. Myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so. I'm um, okay. Well then I guess I'll ask this strange question. Uh, Well, it really is. The overall question is really, I know you, you, we all agree like we'd like to see another move or two made before the puck drops for the season, but this is a general question leading into, are they done making moves? What is the pin obsession with Bruins fans this off season with needing any player from the Arizona fucking Coyotes, now it's wow. Christian DeVore. I thought you were oh going to yeah. go
3: Buffalo <laughs> no, to be fair.
1: Oh, no, that too. Like, what you thought I was going to go Eichel?
2: Yep, go,
1: no, you know how I feel. I love Jack Eichel, but we can't get yeah, Andrew all fired up. We got to pay Charlie McAvoy. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. Um, and I, Christian DeVore, whatever, he's only getting paid 4.4, which is a reasonable salary. He's locked down for like four years. That's great, but like. This week, that's all it was, and before it was Connor Garland. Uh, Darcy Kemper seemed to me reasonable because we needed goaltending, obviously. What a Tuco price!
3: Was- what a price was paid for him to go to Colorado.
1: Um, uh, my, but we knew we would need like a real goaltender to help. Now that Tuco is going to be out at least till yep. February, and now we all think he's got the sweet. Look what that goodbye. year of extra
3: term that Kemper had that played, that was. Seeming, seemingly the leverage piece on that deal. I, I'm walking over a first round pick. But
1: the, is it weird to anyone else that people are obsessed with Arizona? Because they're not the team that I wish I could pick dry of players, even at reasonable rates.
3: No, I, you, Arizona, Arizona is the organization where we can pick up good players and drop off really nasty contracts that, you know, they don't show up. The bad contracts are the reason it's Arizona. Yeah, if it you
0: will bad. tell me I can get rid of John Moore... I will trade with anybody you want. Yeah, a, healthy, a healthy John on,
1: Moore. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone stop. He's on long-term disability cover or whatever right now, and you can't move players for, unless there's, like, things – like, there's a lot of shit that has to go on to move a player on that, and that's why we're not getting rid of John Moore yet, okay?
0: Correct, but, but, but he doesn't he have want, to want... be – in his current contract situation with the way the cap is right now, he does not have to be on LTIR. He could in theory come off LTIR and you could trade him unless you're going to do that as a cap situation. You don't have to submit the cap yet. You're in the middle of the summer. You have room to play with. You can go over the cap. So that's my only point. That's my only point. You have room right now to play if you wanted to play. That said, I don't know the obsession about who's left in Arizona. The only guy I really wanted was Kemper and he's, I wasn't giving up a first-round pick for him, like that just wasn't something I wanted to do. Now Don Sweeney probably would, because I don't think Don Sweeney actually wants to ever have to pick him in the first round again. After you know, six years later, us still hearing about the 2015 draft from these
3: bozos. La, 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 la. <laughs> Come on, Andrew, you don't want Phil to throw back in Boston.
0: Okay, I don't need a hot dog eating contest winner <laughs> as my main. Primary, you know what? I need to move on. Somebody, I want to get
1: Phil Castle on the show and ask him. Thing, no, but it isn't just me though, right? It's like every week there's a new Arizona player that we're allegedly all in on. Guy, we have 1.8 million dollars. Now we're back to what are we moving? What are we doing? Which again, we all know is going to happen. But I think now the situation is there's too much going on, and they're not sure what they can. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I sometimes feel we value our shit more than other people do. And it puts us in a pinch, especially when we only have a little bit of wiggle room with money right now. Um, All right. So I just didn't know, but uh, yeah, so we all agree. There's going to be more moves. Is there anyone that you think is just gonna, all of a sudden we're going to wake up on a random Monday. Cause that's what happens in Bruins land and Don Sweeney will have signed just like name a random move that you think he may make sometime, maybe leading up to like, Camp, you know what I mean? So many things to try and get in here and work with the team from the get go.
3: I honestly hate saying this because I really do want to have this 1.8 of cap space as wiggle room for the trade deadline, which is like so many months away now. But I, you know, it would be so Boston Bruins, it would be so Don Sweeney to like spend right up to it and go out and get the Brett Richie's of the world. And sign him to a, a veteran uh, contract of seven hundred thousand dollars, just to be there to push the younger players for a roster spot, and then possibly, um, you know, demote him to Providence, where you're still going to pay him NHL money, even though it's kind of you know cut back a little bit. But uh, Are you I mean, I, to
1: trigger I, me with the Richie Boys. No,
3: I, I, but that's what, exactly <laughs> what happened. Remember when he when he came from Dallas. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh no, I know that. But it's just—it was one of those things. It was one of those signings that they, you know, he was—he was there at camp, and it, the roster spot was pretty much his because it was a an NHL contract, and the yeah. younger players had to live up to some expectations to take it over for him. And then you look mean, what happened—he got sent he down scored, to Providence,
1: and then everybody loved him for like twelve minutes. And he and scored against like, his own yeah, team.
3: His, he scored against the Dallas <laughs> Stars, and we were like, Oh
1: my god, we love this guy! And then two weeks later, everyone was like, What the fuck with this guy? Like, we don't need why is he shit. in Providence,
3: and why are we paying him NHL money?
1: Him versus Par Lindholm, like it was like oh. a whole thing. It was like a whole thing.
3: <laughs> oh my god, the analytics crew. I love you guys, I really do. All of you, number folks, I really do. But your fascination with Par Lindholm blew my fucking mind apart. <laughs> Uh, Like I
1: said, I'm a baseball fan, but I can't deal with analytics. It's even too much, even as a baseball fan. I was already analytical enough before all these crazies with their machines and formulas came in to make
3: sports boring. Algorithms.
0: I hope that, right, those those damn nerds, I hate those nerds, right? I mean, it's guys that keep the websites online, things like that, those damn no, developers, no,
1: no. I mean, programmers. Sp- no, 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 I mean specifically the sports. I laugh crazy. at him,
3: but you know what? He's my no. fucking lifeline.
1: I appreciate the, technologi- <laughs> the people with the technological brains. I just want to clarify, Andrew. It's specifically the people like sports are only better with analytics. So Why can't we have analytics and eyes? Like I don't understand you psychos. Like calm down with all your little spreadsheets because sometimes it doesn't work out. No. <laughs> Listening to, listen to people bitch about Andre Kasha for the last fucking
3: oh, twelve months. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, well, Holy can um, of worms. Yeah, that's that's well, a whole can of worms. We, we well, don't saying. we don't we don't have time for. But I will say this: I actually need to publicly apologize for something. I know I told all of Bruins fans that Andre Kasha was going to be the next great thing with the Bruins' strength and conditioning coaching, being able to get that man healthy. I don't think there's a damn thing in the world that could get that man healthy. I hope he hangs him up. I know he's signed. Where'd he sign Toronto? Yeah.
3: yeah. Like I know he signed Richie.
0: Yeah. I, listen, I just hope he at some point decides health is more important than hockey. Obviously. Yes. And makes the decision to just hang him up because that dude's made a glass or something. I feel bad for him. Like no matter what he does, no matter how much hard work he puts in, no matter who he works with, he hasn't seemed to be able to stay healthy, and that really sucks because I do still think, and here we go, I'll really tick off Bruins fans. I still think he's got a lot of potential. It's there. He's got the skill, the talent. I just, he needs to stay healthy and he can't, so hopefully he hangs him up. In terms of your question of bringing somebody in, I've got somebody way out of left field. Ooh. So Bruins is on the 1.8. No baseball. Going to be in it's the a hockey
1: Bruins. podcast. No baseball. No, I'm
0: just <laughs> So... Anton Melmstrom, who was at Bruins Development Camp out of Bowling Green State University, I believe he's only going to be a sophomore, but he's decent sized. He's really poised with the puck, which is something that I really like in a defenseman. Somebody I knew absolutely nothing about going into development camp. It was a Bruins scout who actually told me, watch this kid. He's impressive. And he made my list of players at a development camp I thought was impressive. He's not a Brady Lyle. He's probably not actually NHL ready. But if you need a guy to go to the AHL and get experience who potentially I think could be one of those diamond in the rough kind of guys, this is a guy I would like to see the Bruins actually bring into their system. Because as you start to really look for those depth guys that you need a game or two out of every season to step in and really step up, he'd be a guy I think could potentially do it. And that's my hot take for the episode.
3: I feel a uh, maelstrom, let's sign at an AHL contract only to start. Sure. Yep. Low risk, possibly high reward article from Mr. Andrew uh, Taverna over here at the uh, Puck Alliance podcast. Yeah. Look at me pushing the articles.
1: We're going (laughs) to... Oh, God, it's like we could talk forever, and then Mark will get all like, "Oh, it's getting near a couple hours." So
3: no, we got about we got about another twenty minutes, about fifteen right. minutes. So stay whatever. focused
1: with me, boys, ready? Because we're gonna stay with contracts. We're gonna hop around about a couple different things about contracts. 1st all right, we're gonna talk about Patrice Bergeron. There's ongoing negotiations. Which, again, as much as I loved Don Sweeney, and I have loved you for a long time, sir, you have broken my heart too many times of just watching it all float away in the last <laughs> year or so. Um,
3: oh, shit. I got to sneeze. I'll be right back.
1: Bergeron. So uh, I agree. I agree about, you know, Bergeron's definitely going year to year. Now, I have a theory, and this can also, I guess we can talk about Krejci, too, about the open door for Krejci. Now, in my heart of hearts, I've said a million times, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, Andrew, or you're just trying to add do. some awesomeness. I uh, do. I've said a million times how I think Krejci and Bergeron are leaving together and just pass the mantle and it be done with, you know, like I think Tuca would have been going out with them, too. The idea is he would have been another year, like you said, to help groom Swayman and like then the kids are going to be all right and the rest of them are going to go off into the sunset. and We're really going to start the new era. I don't think we're ready for the new era. I think that's why we hold on to this era so long. But uh. I think Krejci will be back. Not this year, like everyone's saying he'll come back for the playoffs. No, I think he's not going to make
0: it through waivers.
1: Right. So I think he's going to stay. whatever. Then he gets to hang at home, whatever. Then come back to Boston in the summer, work out with his buddies or whatever. But I truly think that Bergeron, like you said, is going year to year. Krejci going to come back, make a million dollars for one more year. Maybe he'll be the third line center. whatever, but just one last like hurrah for them, you know? And Bergeron will do one year, probably around the same, because they'll take. They're just trying to get out of there with one more and maybe get the cup. Right, Krejci will still have made the same money he would have if he signed two years for three mil each, which is a pretty good steal, you know. And Bergeron will make his, and maybe they'll just ride off into the sunset the season after next. But I'm not the one that thinks that Krejci's coming back this season. But that's my dream of dreams, and you need to let me have my dream that it'll be like Krejci will come back for one more year. Him and Bergey, just like one more go around before they go off and say bye. Both jerseys up in the rafters or whatever <laughs> the next year. It'll be a lovely, like they'll hold hands. No, I'm just kidding. Their beautiful wives will be around hanging.
0: Go ahead. I, I mean, so that sounds like- What do you like an, going on
1: with Bergeron? You know what I mean? That sounds like,
0: like with, an awesome movie, right? With all these people coming back is? and doing the- like, it's a love like, story. Great, great, great movie. Um, I'm not sure about reality, but fantastic movie. And I hope it gets made. Um, But no, so the Bergeron contract. I think Don Sweeney wants to sign him to a two or three year deal probably for short money and to keep him around to, you know, groom these guys, get the team into that transition mode. I think Bergeron probably doesn't want more than a year. I mean, he's come out and said, I want to play year to year. I'll see how I'm feeling. He's got young kids, beautiful wife. Loves the city of Boston, probably plays another year. I don't think Bergeron wants to play till he's 43 years old, right? Like he loves the game of hockey. I just don't think it's what he wants to do. I would guess you get another year, maybe two out of him. And they're year-to-year deals on short money, plays for the team, wants to see the team win. He's the captain now, right? He gets to live that thrill for a little bit. But I mean, this guy... You, you can't say he's not accomplished. If he doesn't win another cup, he still had one of the best damn careers ever as a Boston Bruin. So as a hockey player, yeah, as, hockey. as a hockey player, right? Like, so for me, it's, it's a little bit of a, you're lucky if he stays. I don't know how to say this nicely. I kind of hope Don Sweeney doesn't botch it, right? Like nice. just give him what he asks for. Go year to year. Don't try and hold his feet to the fire. Don't try and tell him, Oh, I need you to sign a multi year deal to groom this guy or do this. Like, just it is what it is. The Bruins are going to suck in a couple of years, and they're going to suck for a couple of years, and people need to start to
1: wrap their heads around that agreed yeah stop <laughs> bracing yourself no seriously and sometimes that's the the like i said it's it's sometimes better to just let it fall apart for a year or two and figure it out than it is to like keep holding on to something Yeah, that you're still not going to <laughs> <not. Jesus. laughs> be buffalo let's hope not jesus still not going to be buffalo i mean so pressing me no, i'm just kidding
3: uh for me in the bergeron talk I, i'm a big fan of the year to year let's work with uh patrice uh you know and and you know, talk to him as many times as, uh, Bruins general management has talked to players about keeping the dollar value low to stick around and, and create another unbelievable dream of, of winning a second Stanley cup in your career in a, in an organization that is few and far between when it comes to championships, you know, we're not exactly a dynasty, but you know, if we're, if we're, uh, if we're a, a Stanley cup champion, every freaking 10 to 12 years, you know, there's a there's a, a rebuilding process that obviously has to go on, like Andrew mentioned earlier. Um, but I like the idea of of Bergeron just being that prototypical just saint. You know what I mean? It's just he he just seems like he just wants to do what's best for the organization. Like he is the prototypical player that says it's about the 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 symbol on the front and not the name on the back, you know, and he is the I don't care if it's if it's tied with Bombadil. He is the NHL's, in my opinion, the NHL's best two way forward that this league has seen in in a long time. He should not be and, tied. Uh,
0: that is complete and utter bullshit. But anyway, exactly,
3: and no, exactly, you know. But you know, the voting committee is just all messed up this this year. It was it was very weird how so many people from the Athletic that weren't able to freaking travel and actually see what's going on. Um, voted. The voting process was all fucked up, in my opinion. Canceled but. my subscription. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I definitely see a um, verse run doing a one on one. I'm not too high on the idea of Krejci coming back. And I know Chris Blackie's probably going to hate me for that. But I just, <laughs> the intangibles, the intangibles are kind of freaked up about that because he's, whether he plays a year or three years over in, in his native um, um, Czech Republic with his family issues and so on. And he wants his kids to learn about how he grew up and so on, which is totally respectful as a, as a man and a family man. Um, But I just, I don't like the process of him coming back because he's going to have to, if if the Bruins sign him, once he puts ink on that piece of paper, he has to go through waivers. So 31 other teams has, have the right to pick him up. But not if
1: he waits until next season though, only if he comes back this season, right?
3: No, correct. It's any season, any season, not just one year. No, if he becomes he a UFA in the year, if like he becomes like a U- UFA, if he becomes a UFA, year one, two, three, and four, he still has to go through waivers.
0: Okay. I I don't know. I thought if he came back during the off season, he didn't have to go through waivers. But I have no idea. Let's be honest. He shouldn't come back.
3: No, nah, I'm not a fan of it. He we he got to move the, forward.
0: Yeah, it's it's okay for him to make this decision. It's the right decision for him and his family.
3: He should put a comparable. Back. Let me put a comparable with you. This is the, like the same situation as me talking about Sizano Oshara. There was a no, time we needed I to walk. Our, over. No, I'm talking about opinion. Part. Opinion. Okay. It's it's time to move on from certain players because up the middle, you still need to have open spots for your youth to be migrated in like the Stadnikas, the, the beachers and uh, all and, in and some players on the Providence that by knocking on the door. So it's uh, just Mark, one of those things. Yes. Sorry.
0: Sir. I think my headphones must be broken. Cause I think you just said something about up the middle prospects. Um, who exactly in your prospect pool, Mark, are you uh, replacing up the middle? Because as far as I can tell, there's nobody there.
3: You really <laughs> want to go there, Mr. Andrew? <laughs> no, no, not on this episode
1: so i will i'm not like a grain just, you know how i feel my main stance is i still fucking think people think some of these kids are gonna work out and be like even if all of them work out kids i just have to be realistic and know that means we're still a second round team for a while now some of them might pop off but overall i can't compare craezy and the chara situation char is a 42 year old defenseman that we needed to get younger with Krejci is a viable fucking center in the nhl do you know what i mean he's still one of the top producers of point you know whatever so yeah. i'm not saying if he comes back or not what i'm saying it's more of a hypothetical though right no i, get, we're in it. I get it another year we're in the same situation we're at i don't want to fucking sign more nick and brett Richies of the world or the full fo- well i mean not him but like right. i mean i like Holland and all of that but like I'd rather have, like, you've proven what what you have compared to What kind of David Krejci has to come back?
3: No, I understand that. But what kind of David Krejci are you getting back, one that went over to Europe to do the family thing and so on, and play on international ice, and then all of a sudden you want to bring him back and get him in a smaller rink, and he's a year older, that, well, that's I, would like, argue, I don't know. He, I just don't see it happening, to be honest. I would with you.
1: argue with Craigie that's not going to be an issue because he's actually played equal parts, European and North American hockey, because he was so young. So that's right. one argument I, for him, unlike other people. But it's, it's been strongly. 14
3: years since that happened.
1: Right. It's a big so adjustment think, period. My point is that he'll probably have a harder time on the bigger service than he will coming back to the NHL service. A no valid point. That's Krejci's valid. Coming back. What I'm saying is. Honestly, unless we go out and get someone, I don't see anyone that would make me say, why the fuck not for a year we David yeah. preachy if we felt like coming home either. Because we don't have, if we want to ever be 2011 or 72 or whatever again, this ain't going to work. Like, yeah. we'll be competitive and we'll just keep here, but... So like no harm, no foul, because no offense, I do not think a lot of these prospects, nope. we're going to have wasted a lot of time. And that doesn't mean, you know, Mark, that doesn't mean I'm not for letting people give it a I'm try. I'm not saying
3: that, Heather. I'm, you have a, I'm saying you have a, a valid point. You have a very yeah. valid point. No,
1: no, I'm not yelling at you. But like, you know how there are people in the Bruins Twitter land or whatever fan universe just in the world. And it's like they're so obsessed with like. We can let Stydnika and Frederick and all of them play, right? We just don't have it internally. And we're going to still... Right. So that being said, we also have to brace ourselves for, sorry, guys, some of these... So maybe is here and maybe Frederick stays here or whatever. But a lot of these people in the forwards that we've been coveting and hoarding and whatever are all getting packaged to go get somebody who is more rounded in a real person like i not mean person but like a player a fully i'm not talking about like,
3: me rounded in a person
1: functioning <laughs> you know fucking center you know not just like 15 might be able to be good centers like sometimes you just need one center that actually is a good center that's just me and it's a regardless of crazy that we're at a breaking point with this team something's got to give even You're if the window right. is still open or whatever else like It has to give. And if that's everyone slowly walking away or whatever, we still aren't going to, it's just not going to cut it. As lovely as I think Jackson Nika is. And I don't, you know, I don't love Trent Frederick, but I understand why people, he's like a perfectly fine bottom six player. You know what I mean? To do that role, whatever. Um, But Bergeron, what do you think he's getting? You said short money, Andrew, but what do you think the short money is? I
0: don't know, three and a half, four million. I think he'd probably take less to be honest. I mean, I think that's realistic what you have to pay him because it's almost offensive to pay him less, but I feel. Oh, I, I almost think at this point, like he'd probably almost take anything you'd, you'd offer him. I mean, I just think he wants to finish his career in Boston. Yeah. And and that's right. Like he was a young kid when he came here, the stories of them helping him learn English and giving him a place to live. And like, Boston is home yeah. for the Bergeron he's, family. So, he's, not,
3: he's not Ray Bork and going to uh, get a PJ to Colorado to make his dreams uh, complete. This is a totally different freaking team. Totally different person.
1: And yeah. to be fair, Ray Bork did give us 20-something years. I mean, Absolutely. Some awesome Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Okay, well, let's speak about people who we know are getting paid just before we start heading to wrapping this babble. Yeah, because we could all talk. To, I kind of missed wish I didn't miss the long three hour one yesterday, but <laughs> Charlie McAvoy just watched a bunch of kind of mediocre defensemen get paid a lot of fucking money and we're going to have to pay Charlie, Co- Charlie Coyle a lot uh, Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy, a lot of money to stay here, which I'm, I do think he's a Bruin. He's all in. He wants to stay here. So that's good. He understands hometown discounts. That's good qualifying offers somewhere around his number with a point in it and 7.3 uh, 7. 3. and uh but i've seen some people who should not be making seven to nine to ten million dollars worth of contracts being rolled out
3: a player like kale play. mccarr deserves something like that
1: right you i'm know? not talking about the kale mccarr's no the i understand that
3: but you you're in the same kale echelon M- of defenseman That's what I mean.
1: Exactly. That's why I don't care. That's what I'm saying is that that's why I know that we're paying Charlie McAvoy besides his future upside is still sunny. So how much money are we going to have to pay Charlie McAvoy and can we pay Charlie
3: McAvoy real quick? I'll just jump in here. I will say that if he, if he does anything from now until he becomes, you know, free agent available, it would be smart to work with him during the season and try to get it done. Because that way you're able to, if Don Sweeney does his magic that he he has with Pasternak and all these other uh, complementary pieces that we have on this team right now, you can get McAvoy to buy in low. But if you wait to the 11th hour when it comes down to you really do need to do hard negotiations, that's a 7.3 freaking million uh, qualifying offer. And if I'm not mistaken, and I don't believe I am, but I'm going to look it up anyway. That he is arbitration eligible, which is another scary point I because the ar- the arbiter goes heavy on the player. So you know, in a flat cap system, we're only, at, we're only going we're only going a million at a year for the next couple of years until we get to like a ten million dollar jump is going to be scary when you're thinking about the 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 number that McAvoy could ask for and ultimately receive. So I think
0: McAvoy signs for eight by eight and a half. So I think he gets eight and a half million for eight years. I think that is, I I know that some folks have argued with me. I actually think that is a discount that not, not I think that is a discount if he signs for eight, eight and a half. And I think that you better be happy with that as a Bruins fan, because at least you're not paying him 10 or 11, which is where I think he could land. If you were to put him out on the open market, So I just Don Sweeney, do your magic, get him at eight, eight and a half. And I will be the happiest man alive. I don't care about paying him eight and a half million bucks, flat cap or not. It's worth it.
3: Andrew, are you are you scared about offer sheets? Yes. Concerning Charlie McAvoy.
0: Yeah, I, I know that it's an old boys club and that nobody does offer sheets. Charlie McAvoy could get an effing offer sheet like you need to go lock him up. Like, do not wait. Go. I actually kind of wish they, and I know this isn't going to happen, folks, but, like, I kind of wish they'd just do it this offseason. Like, put the pain away. Just get it yeah. done. Figure out where you're going to pay the man because you're going to pay him a boatload of money, and you need to be okay with it.
1: I'm concerned. I don't like eight-year contracts, and what concerns me is that, I want him to have like a, like you said, that's a substantial discount because any other team is paying him at least probably 10 milish a yep. season. So I do feel he's all invested. He loves being a Bruin. Like, you know, like it's cool. It's kind of close to where he grew up still, too. It's not too far from actual home. And, you know, he likes it here. But eight-year contracts. But the the off side of that is if you try to get him, say, six years instead for shorter term, just in case, right? Because when players get old, you never know what can happen. That's a lot A lot of seasons, a lot of games. Then you're going to have to pay him the ten million to take the shorter term. So, I don't know. I I don't think that they'll be able to re-sign him at least till the trade deadline because we are so short on even we do still have contract. We don't. We. No, this was oh, the year with you all can the do it.
3: You can do it because technically his new contract wouldn't kick in till next year. I get right. that. So, but what
1: This year we, next year we don't have as much cap space as we had this year to play with kind of thing. We
3: have 20
0: million, I think next year.
1: Yeah. It's like not. So if you pay him 8 million, then you still only have 12 million to address anything that doesn't work out this season. And he holds, but if you can sign
0: Bergeron to a $3 million deal, right? No, I, I'm with you, right? Like yeah. you're going to be short on money. But you have to pay him either way.
1: Yeah, and Sweeney never seems to re-sign anybody until the playoffs, you know, on the bench or in the offseason. Like, (laughs) he's kind of weird like that anyways. Everyone's always in talks until June 29th or whatever, and then they're in talks till the 30th, and then they're free agents or whatever on the 1st of July traditionally. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm like, I don't give a shit if he wants twelve million. Feel free to pay Charlie McAvoy twelve million dollars; it won't hurt my feelings. I mean, sure. So real quick, be- I'm
3: looking at catfriendly.com, and it looks mm-hmm. like the projected cap hit for the 22-23 season is 60 million. Oh, that could—that's got to be wrong.
0: Yeah, that can't be. That seems kind of high. Okay. I hear crying in
1: here. All right. Well, that's the Charlie McEvoy talk. Do you guys have, uh, maybe we can do this again and fight about lines.
3: Yeah, we could. We didn't
1: we, really get to get that,
3: but. We could do a bonus but, pod. Maybe get somebody else in if you'd like, you know, who knows? I mean, we it's the off season. We could do whatever we want, but it is well, coming to the have? close of this time? program. Uh, probably about two or three time. minutes.
1: Okay, so, well, we got to get to the point where we wrap up. But um, before we do go, uh, Boston Pride, uh, the NWHL released their full schedule and the Boston Pride, which we talked about opening up November. um, They released their full roster and a lot of returning names. And so, Isabel Cup, I just wanted to mention that for those of you, as we try to always encourage, and Andrew said maybe you might be doing some pride work this year, which makes us very happy. Uh, That's
3: right. Andrew like Traverna is going to be covering the Boston Pride, taking a huge initiative into running some awesome content about that. So please, if you want to join if male, female, or hockey fan in general, please uh, contact the Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. Get together with me and I'll get you together with Andrew and we can form a nice team to cover and make a better um, uh, footprint on covering women's professional hockey, particularly in Boston.
0: Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't seen a a pride game either in person or watched it streaming online, it is competitive ass hockey. It is some good stuff. And I look forward to covering it this year. I love watching the games. It'll be, it'll be awesome to dive even deeper into it. Honestly, it's a, a great season, a lot of fun. Um, Last year was weird with like the break and everything, but they still had a really competitive playoffs. I know COVID kind of screwed up everything last year for everyone, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. I, It's some of the most competitive hockey you will see.
1: Yeah, Mark and I always try to say every week, like if you're not watching the NWHL on Twitch, especially obviously the Pride, you know, because we like to support the hometown team and the ladies are awesome. Uh, but no, it'll be great to have some more coverage in on that but uh we could maybe if we had more time andrew we could talk about the roster a little bit but maybe we'll do that a different time with the girls but we like to Absolutely. always mention the ladies and uh just kind of a roundabout on that uh that being said we don't really we're kind of in the lull right now um
3: andrew do me a favor can you do me a, uh and, and plug some of your stuff your twitter and your your podcast and where we can find you yeah sure so uh
0: you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Taverna. Uh, if you're looking for sarcastic, uh, smart-ass takes, that's probably where you'll find them. Um, if there's something that's going to make you angry, I'm probably going to tweet it there. So definitely have a lot of fun. I try and interact with as many people as possible. Uh, if you can see Mark, like he says, stir the pot. Um, that's what we're all here for. We're here to have fun. Um, so be nice. If you're not nice, like I said, I unfollow you. Um, uh, you can follow the show at Pucklines Pod. Uh, we'll hopefully be releasing a new episode this week. Uh, the off season and some stuff going on around home has made it difficult, but we'll definitely be back there. Um, there won't be a lot of gambling talk, but if you listen to us during the season, I will tell you how you can win some money and potentially lose some money. Um, so it'll be a good time.
3: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, my last thing is what I always say, follow everybody, Black and Gold, Dog Hockey, me, Mark, Andrew, all the people, all the podcasts, listen up, because, I mean, not a lot, even when not a lot's going on, we can still all seem to put out an hour, two hour podcast every week or so, because... just are a bunch of crazy fans some were more knowledgeable than others i'm an opinion girl i'm a feeling girl i mean i'll look at you a little you're a psycho great that's great but what i know is great i'm glad your course looks like that you haven't put a fucking puck in the net in any situational thing in three weeks so my eyes tell me you blow no i'm just kidding um so Anyways, follow everyone. Keep with us over the off season, gearing up. Well, preseason doesn't. Uh, the game, to, first preseason game is until September twenty fifth. But obviously, pretty soon we'll know when actual camp starts, and maybe we can all get in, maybe for a day, and do a little black and gold get together at the Warrior for that. And uh, that'd be awesome. Third, Mark's got the Patreons.
3: Yes, our our favorite, our favorite listeners, and our favorite financial supporters. We do have a Patreon account. If you want to be eligible for this and be a part of over 50 Patreons we have right now, thank you so much for reaching a milestone. You guys are unbelievable. What we do is, the information below, you go to that website and you uh, donate $1 per episode, much like our boy Andrew Taverna has. And uh, Heather's got to get on top of that shit, by the way, just letting you know. Um, But if you donate one dollar per episode, we do four episodes a month, possibly six to eight, whatever. It's a very small investment, but you could win hand-signed jerseys, fully authenticated, hand-signed by the by the person himself. There's video, there's pictures, there's evidence, folks, of my friend Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Marabilia, who I buy all these jerseys. I have jerseys going out to March of 2022. Uh, probably April, I think. I, I can't count right now, but they're, they're full in my office, so we have stuff to give away, but we also give away a Bruins-related item every week. So and This week's winner is congratulations to our Patreon member, Logan Steele. Thank you very much, Logan. You uh, will be contacted sooner or later to receive a Boston Bruins-related item, and hope you like it, because we love you and your financial contributions. So, um with that being said Andrew thank you so much for the time today yeah. I truly appreciate it
0: Thanks hey, for thanks tolerating for having me
3: not. Yeah
0: <laughs> I love both of you you know that so I will uh happily stop by anytime uh this was
3: a ton of fun so thanks again truly appreciate it man so with that being said thank you andrew thank you heather again for hanging out last night till like uh, i think what what 11 30 midnight whatever midnight, yeah still a lot of fun but also thanks to the guys over at the Causeway kings hockey podcast for the, uh talking over there for like two hours last night mm-hmm. the, this weekend has been unbelievable i just been with the BNG family all weekend, online, virtually and physically. But anyway, with that being said, my name is Mark Allred, and thank you so much for everything you guys do out there. Please keep retweeting, sharing, and doing all the things that you guys do because you're amazing people, and please be safe. But with that being said, we will talk to you next week.
1: Au revoir.